1: to the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. But before we get started, I feel like I need to explain something, apologize a little bit. I know that on several of the episodes recently, I have promised a next episode that is not the episode that actually materialized. It's probably happened two or three times. The issue is that between Ben and I both putting out episodes, I've kind of gotten off track as far as what is being released next, and sometimes I think that I'm somewhere different than I am on the release schedule, and it's gotten a little bit confusing for me, and so I've made some mistakes. And so the reason that I'm bringing that up now is last episode I made a mistake. I promised the Mandalorian episode for this next one, but in fact it's actually Avengers Endgame. So, moving on from here, I am going to map out everything several episodes in advance and have that ready, so that way when I say what the next episode is going to be, it will actually be what the next episode will be. Beyond that, uh, this is going to be another good episode. It's one that we've had banged up for a year, of course, as we get close to finally catching up with Marvel, since we're only going to have Spider-Man Far From Home after this. We did have a little bit of a problem where we started the episode without recording, so when we sort of giggle and talk a little bit about how we've already done this, you know, so you understand why that is. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot to report. Beth and I are still watching Young Justice. We're still watching through old episodes of Quantum Leap. We're going to watch Titans and Doom Patrol once we get through Young Justice. I don't really think we're go. Oh, we finished Trigun, which is an anime from the 90s. In fact, we just saw the movie Badlands Rumble, which is the only Trigun thing that I hadn't seen yet because it came out after I had watched the series. I think it was like uh, 2010 is when it came out, and the series is a 90s series, so it came out a long time after I had finished the series, and so that's something that I just picked up because Beth and I were watching through the, the series. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, otherwise, you know, just keep on keeping on, still work, still working, still, you know, podcasting, doing all that stuff. Chicago TARDIS is coming up in uh, a couple of months, uh, and I'll have a panel schedule for that as we get closer, so I'll keep you posted on that. But other than that, let's just join the podcast, already in progress. Let's meet our cast through this week. And um, first up, we have got uh, a guy that, that we haven't had for a while, although uh, he has been on Captain Marvel recently. Uh, he's always ready to talk to us about MCU movies, um, and he is a geek from way, way back, and that is my buddy Will. So, Will, how are you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing great, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. I've got this weird sense of deja vu. I'm right, sure what's yes. Going on. <laughs> Maybe a glitch in the matrix. I don't know. What yes, happens. that's right.
1: Yeah, it's like, like we're repeating the same events over and over, aren't we? It's like we're time repeating f- the same events over and over
2: again,
3: aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> It's time trouble, guys. It's time travel. <laughs> <What's laughs> right? <The time>
2: this, <laughs> this is the it's alternate like a time, timeline. a time heist or something. I don't right. know what's going on. <laughs> so, um, how are things been going, Will? It's going great, sir. Uh, you know, just uh, living life, you know, still... Uh, Still at the the grocery retail management mm-hmm. establishment uh, that shall not be named due to, uh, you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, but yeah, going great. You know, picked up, uh, you know, got caught up on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this past weekend, of course, was the weekend of all the Starks. And, um, you know, saw Endgame a couple of times already, planning oh, okay. on seeing it, hopefully a couple more in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, life is good. All right, cool deal. Anything uh, new going on in your life? Well, yes. Funny you should ask, sir. Uh, (laughs) Once again, this whole—it's like we've had this conversation. It's great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, picked up from uh, a coworker. Picked up a couple of kittens from the litter that her cat had. So, uh, been a while since I've had a a cat. I've always been more of a cat person than a dog person. Mm Um, you know, but I've had a few, you know, I had two. you know, a handful of years ago, but they got tired of me and ran off, you know, mm-hmm. cause cats just, you know, they, they let you rent them for a time. And, uh, so picked up a couple of kittens right now. They're about two months old. And so that's definitely brought some unpredictability into the house because, you know, they have two speeds currently, which is sleep and wide open. Mm. Uh, and they pick various things to destroy at all hours of the day and night. So it's definitely been a fun, fun experience so far, and uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it, and I have the battle scars and scratches all <laughs> over my body as uh, evidence of their existence. So uh, yeah, life is good. Yeah,
1: my cat decides that she most wants to be up and active from like 2 a.m. to 8 a.m so it's like she'll sleep all the time and it's like you know you're like hey you know I'd like to, you know pet you and stuff and she's just like get away from me and then at like 2 a.m she's
2: like hey why aren't you scratching me you know <laughs> right. <laughs> right it's like it's like a mixed blessing when they take a nap at like five o'clock the afternoon because mm-hmm. you know hey they're calm it's all good but at the same time you're like oh no you need to wake up because i need you to sleep when it's midnight. Instead of, you know, running full tilt around the house and keeping me up. So, <laughs> you know, you roll the dice and see what happens. But, yeah, it's going well. All right. Cool deal. Um, it's good to have you back on the show,
1: Will. Thank you, Sarah. Good to be back. All right. Next up, um, she is one of our two um, movie critics that we have on the episode today. Uh, she is a huge Star Wars fan, and we have her on loan from the uh, Earth Station One mothership. And that is my buddy Ashley. How are you doing, Ashley.
0: Good. I'm excited to be back. I will always take any excuse to talk about geek movies with fellow fans, so I got a chance to talk in-game with the ESO crew earlier this week, Mm. and I have plenty more to say, and I'm looking forward to diving into that shortly here.
1: All right, cool deal. And uh, what's been going on for you lately, Ashley? Ashley?
0: Well, um, I recently got back from Star Wars Celebration. Um, I got to go to that event for the first time, and it was just such an amazing experience. Um, Financially, it ended up costing a little bit more than I was maybe hoping it would, but just what a great experience of being together with um, fellow fans seeing all the cosplay and then just getting to watch the episode 9 trailer for the first time with a room full of fans was just an incredible experience so oh, nice would highly recommend it it's definitely not something i'm probably going to be able to go to every year but was super grateful i got a chance to go once really enjoyed it
1: so ashley what's your take on the rise of skywalker name
0: so, you know what's interesting is that when I first heard it, I didn't love it because right, yeah. I was kind of attached to some of the other speculated t- titles like Balance of the Force and Spark of Hope. but <laughs> Or From I'm His Nap. Of, yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Doesn't quite make the full sentence there. but right, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> For those who don't know, there was a joke that Episode Nine was going to be called From His Nap, so it would be um, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, From His Nap.
0: You know, I think it was a real missed opportunity there, <laughs> yes. but in in light of what we have, it's kind of growing on me, especially since I'm curious what they mean by the title. So mm. I'm hoping that once I see the film and I'm walking out of the theater, I'll be like, oh, that's the absolute best thing they could have called it but aside from the title i loved the trailer i think there's a lot of interesting little teases and of course they didn't really give us much at all in the episode 9 panel which i kind of expected but sure. i think there's a lot of interesting ways that this story could go so it's going to be a long long wait till december but i'm glad we have in game to titus over here
1: Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, my only concern is that, you know, Ryan Johnson and J Abrams are basically like being like, I'm going to take the movie, the story in this direction. No, I'm going to take the story in this direction. I'm worried that there's going to be like this episode eight, like didn't really like happen or the things that you thought you learned aren't really there and it's going to be like a big retcon. Yeah. Uh, but as long as it doesn't go that way, then, you know, I'll, I'll be okay with it. But I'm just a little worried. <laughs> about Same that. here.
0: Like if they, if I really like, like to raise parentage reveal and if they retcon that i i'm gonna want to throw my popcorn bucket at the screen i won't but like there's some things i'm real <laughs> nervous that i really like some of those creative choices in the last today so i don't want to to kind of pull the rug out from under us and be surprised it's actually this thing so hopefully it will be a nice cohesive story once it's all said and done i,
1: I mm. love the fact ashley that you felt the need to explain to everybody that you wouldn't actually throw the popcorn <laughs> 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 you're just that straight laced it's like oh no have, I, I wouldn't have, actually do it you know? <laughs> I
0: wouldn't actually wouldn't actually do that
1: so <laughs> right. all right well it's great having you back on the show ashley
0: Thanks. Okay, I got, hey, uh, sorry, real quick. I just,
3: you can edit this out, Nathan. I just want sure. to say this real quick. Uh, Ashley and Nathan, mm-hmm. I think the Skywalker name needs to be in the final one because like it is it or not. And, and I, I'm not, I'm sort of ambivalent about it after 40 years of being a star Wars fan, th- these nine movies are the Skywalker family dynasty, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm all right with with this coming to a, a satisfying conclusion, provided that they conclude it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Let's, yep. Let's stick the landing. Tell your story, and then and then let us never speak of it again. <laughs> the next twenty five Star Wars movies need to be about something other than the Skywalker dysfunctional family. Mm. And I think I think. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, sure. it, it, we. So I think Ray. I think they're going to have to pull uh, a certain point of view, uh, Obi Wan, for the Ray's parentage stuff. You know, it's how Ben told Luke in uh, Jedi. What I told you was true from a certain point of view. <laughs> <Right>. You know, was <laughs> from a certain point of view. Well, and Ray's got to be related because that's there's otherwise. You just can't put randos in in a in a movie that has up until now been six to seven movies about this uh, this family, you know. So, anyway, that's there you go. That's, <laughs> All right, we, I, I just, we should go back to Avengers. As
1: right? Yeah, of- I'm just gonna say one thing, and yeah, I don't want to get off on this tangent, but the only thing is that Moz said that this that 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 Anakin's lightsaber was Ray's birthright in. Um, the Force Awakens, and so that's right. the only thing where when they said that her parents were, were nobodies, that's the one thing that's like, wait a minute, then why did Moz tell her that that lightsaber was her birthright? So I, right. I, I, I agree with you. It does seem like there was something fuzzy there anyway. I'm just saying I don't want the whole movie to be a massive retcon of the uh the last jedi and basically like oh by the way luke's not really dead and you know you're <laughs> <Here's Snoke. laughs> right yeah, this whole thing about I leaving the past behind we're not going to do and actually it's still all jedi and sith and all that kind of stuff so i'm just no, they, saying they, they,
3: they won't yeah. they won't do that but i think they do have to kind of walk back a couple of things or account for them you know either way
1: next up is the voice that you've already just heard he is um our other movie critic on the podcast he is also our resident luke Page, and that is my buddy Mark how are you doing Mark
3: I am doing great and I'll tell you uh I have been it, I have had an earworm for the last three days because uh, I knew that we were going to be doing this uh because you've you're you know on the on the secret Facebook group that none of you listening are allowed to see uh he's been titling this episode we're in the end game now which is you know. That reference. Unfortunately, when I read that in my head, I hear it to the tune of "In the Jailhouse Now," <laughs> um, the you know the 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 hobo song that was in "Oh Brother Where Art Thou" and other places. So I, have, for the last three days, I've been coming up with lyrics to uh, "We're in the End Game Now" <laughs> because. That's how I hear things. And and this is all your fault. So so do you want to
1: share on the podcast? Do you want to sing it?
3: (laughs) I'll only give you this and then we're going to move on. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I had a friend named Anthony Stark. He met Dr. Strange in the park. Spidey got a brand new suit upgrade. Scarlet Witch loves vision and caps on a secret mission. The longest Marvel movie ever made. We're in the end game now. We're in the end game now. Well, I told you once or twice, this ain't the start from fire and ice. We're in the end game now.
2: Dun, 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 dun.
3: So uh, there's more, but you get the idea. And, and, and Nathan, all on your feet, man. All on you. Okay. (laughs) This this, this didn't have to go down like this. Right.
1: No, that's fun. I I like that. Um, So uh, um, anything new and exciting going on for you, Mark?
3: My tumescent scrotum continues to shrink. Okay. That's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. I no longer look like I'm trying to ride a hippity hop. Okay. (laughs) All
1: right. Well, um, definitely good that things are going well on the health front. I, I'm glad. Yeah, we're, to hear yeah, we're
3: we're 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 almost out of the tunnel. It's probably going to be another couple of weeks, but uh, uh, good news all around so far. Yeah.
1: All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you for being uh, for coming back on the show, Mark. It's my pleasure. I am so
3: glad that you're getting to see me today.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Mark is actually sharing his video feed, which none of the rest of us want to do. So <laughs> <laughs> we do actually get to see him. I'm surprised you're not wearing a gorilla mask. Actually,
3: well, uh, I have my uh, my smoking jacket on for my uh, my leisurely uh, gentlemanly discussion. This is normally my ner- my gentleman nerds attire. So mm. I thought I because we're doing that we're doing endgame tomorrow for the nerds. So I thought oh, okay. eh, I'll get the jump.
1: All right, cool deal. All right, so finally, finally, you know him as the guy who's got to be contrary to everything. He is (laughs) the guy that uh, hates Pluto. He is my nemesis, Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan?
4: Well, I'm sure as heck not following all of that. (laughs) (laughs) You've got Star Wars Celebration. You've got cats. You've got song. I mean, you you cats. no, no, no. The previous, you know, Will and the, with the cats, and then right. Star Wars Celebration, and then the, and then now Song. I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm tempted to turn my camera on to do some dancing. Okay. <laughs> but oh, none no. of you want that. I there you go. You
1: could be our resident Star Lord.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so you mean an idiot. You're you right. Yes. <laughs> you said it. About Star Lord, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh so so i don't ever see you on facebook anymore ryan how are you doing
4: Uh, i'm doing uh well actually right now i'm coming out of a cold so if my voice sounds a little weird that might be why i uh did not get the chance to see uh in game for the third time because i was under the weather all my friends went without me which just proves to me that they're not really friends (laughs) and um so yeah so i've only seen it twice i don't know if that that matters or anything but uh I'm just, I'm coming up out of that and uh, it's looking to be a good week. And there's actually light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train for once in regards to having time to do things.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, you're, you're, uh, you were telling me earlier when we were messaging about this podcast. So things, uh, things at work might be uh, finally quieting down.
4: Yes. Yes. They've hired, uh, so basically I've been doing the job of three people, uh, which sucks as far as personal time goes, but. You know my bills love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone I owe money to. I'm their favorite person right now. But uh, they've hired three new uh, managers, and you know they'll be tra- fully trained and up and ready to go by June. So by then I can actually maybe only work you know 40 45 hours a week and actually do other stuff for once. So that'll be that'll be nice. I could see. I could use F- Facebook uh, for reasons other than getting politically angry, which would be a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, yep, nope, that's that's always
1: a good thing. You can get back into geeky discussions, because I tell you, I stopped posting stuff just because I never get any replies. So I'm like, why am I posting stuff other than, like, quick little one-liners or whatever if nobody's going to have, like, any, like, you know, conversations with me, so, yeah.
4: Well, you know, I mean, well, it's like, uh, about an hour or so ago I saw the um, the Hulu news for the Marvel Hulu news right. and so I was like oh I bet we could have a discussion about that but mm. then I was like eh maybe next week
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah no, know if you're you know I, I get it because I've had to work you know sixty plus hours a week before too, and you're kind of dead at the end of that, so
4: um. you know and I mean i it's, it's like um, <laughs> I've come to realize just how low my standards can go for laundry. It's like,, eh, I could probably wear that another day you know <laughs> you learn to hear folks, if Ryan smells a little ripe, you know why, so I'm just saying if you wear a t- shirt under it, you can get another wear out of it, you know. <laughs> It doesn't help if
1: that T-shirt is also soiled.
3: <laughs> all laundry, and, all man's laundry, is on a sliding scale, like Scovins. You know, I mean, it's there's a there's easily five degrees of laundry, and maybe seven uh, if you uh, if if you're really nose deaf. So
4: it's exactly it's like. Did you know socks have two sides, an inside and an outside? Yeah. There you go, ends, right? There you go. You know? Right.
3: And if you rotate them so that the hole is on the opposite side, that's technically a third side. It's like a Mobius strip, you know? It's, 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 the, it's the eternal
4: sock. So you can use that to travel through time, is what I'm hearing. You know? <laughs> I
3: have had socks that got up and walked away. I assume they went back in time. So, yeah. All
1: right. So this has been your segment of laundry talk on the 42 <laughs> <Yeah>. cast. <laughs> but uh, so so we're, is work keeping you so busy you don't have anything geek related really to talk about, Ryan?
4: Uh, I'm sorry. I saw a three-hour long movie twice sure. and we can work <laughs> on it three times. Is that <laughs> not enough for you, sir?
1: Right. <laughs>
4: Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> but all right. But thank you for updating us on your laundry.
4: Uh, you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> right. that, that's going to be my new website, Ryan Ryan Does Laundry.
1: <laughs> well, at least if it got updated, that would be an improvement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's well, get to have you back on, Ryan. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so uh, we're gonna skip the five minute controversy uh, this week because we got four people and we gotta talk about this movie. So, uh, but before we uh, dive into it, we're gonna pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast. Hey everyone, this is Carrie, the metal geek, and I would like to invite you to hang out with myself and my fellow metal geeks as we have all kinds of discussions about heavy metal, films and TV shows, video games. Theme parks comic books and whatever else is tickling our geeks please visit our website at metalgeekspodcast.com and follow us on all the social medias including twitter facebook and instagram at metal geeks we are also proud members of eso network so you can check everything out at esonetwork.com keep it metal keep it geeky stay safe and see you on the next episode And we're back, and as I talked about at the beginning of the show, we're going to discuss Avengers Endgame, which is a little film that you might have heard about that, you know, Made one point two billion dollars in its first weekend. Um, it's been building for. It's
3: just so nice when small theaters and and, and movie studios do well. You know, right. I got a really good feeling about these guys. I think I think they're going to be something.
2: Yeah, you know that that Kevin Feige, he may go far in life. Right. Say yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah,
3: good, good for him. You know,
2: he's got good some promise. Some yeah, potential. I wouldn't he be surprised really if Feige ends up as CEO of
1: Disney. You know. You know, it's been building for 21 movies. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of an event. Um, and the thing that I'm most happy about that like Thanos, I can finally rest and watch the sunrise over a grateful world, that I'm not going to see any more posts about how it's going to be secret invasion, and it's going to turn out that everyone that died in the snap was really a scrawl and, oh, the X-Men for sure are appearing in the movie. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, because you just know that they, they, they pre-filmed all the X-Men stuff and cast them and everything, because you know, they weren't going to be worried about what if it all fell
2: through, they were just Gonna go for it, you know. (laughs) Yeah, at one point I was getting all my fan theories with different IPs confused, and I thought Snoke was gonna show up at the end of the movie. (laughs) I don't know what (laughs) show, and I thought I was gonna be Snoke. I mean, at that point, I mean, come on,
1: you know, Thanos gets the gauntlet, and then Palpatine just pulls it away with the force, you know. I mean, that's there you go, that's like the evil cackle, right. But yeah, that's that's been one of my frustrations is that everyone has sort of insisted on these sort of fan theories that I'm just like, there's no way these are happening. You know? So it's kind of nice that we finally got the movie you know and and it's done and and we're not going to hear any more about that stuff but um although i did just read an article about how they're going to reveal somebody is speculating they're going to reveal the secret invasion plot in spider-man far from home and i'm like guys (laughs) just
0: stop it never ends it never
1: ends it's like you're not going to find out that everybody's a scroll imposter i'm sorry because they've retconned the scrolls anyway it's it's uh. yeah you know you
3: know nathan i was uh the audience this weekend uh, you know i was telling them uh, beforehand, you know, because we were we had, we had huge crowds, which is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was telling them, there's not a scene after the the credits, you know, when the lights come up, you're good to go. And a lot of people were like, what? No, I want to know what's coming next. And I finally started telling people, look, just go watch the Spider-Man trailer. There's your final scene. That's right. what leads into the next movie. You know, they're, they're taking a little break because they want you to sort of just savor what we've seen. And then, you know, you can go see Spider-Man and savor that. And and they were like, yeah, okay, I guess. And these are people who are 10 years behind the times. Mm
1: -hmm.
5: So,
3: you know, they were pissed. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm just just happy that people actually, uh, you know, are staying for those now. Because the thing that always gets me is I get to the end of of what the latest Marvel movie. And 90% of the theater gets up and walks out the door. And I'm like, what's the matter with you
4: people? You know the drill. I mean, I, I will say my own experience with it was, yeah, I saw it Thursday night, and I'd read, oh, there isn't going to be uh, after credit scene, and my thought was, well, they've done that before. They, me, the media release, they they've thrown on, you know, an after credit scene, mm-hmm. or afterwards, after the media uh, got to see it, the preview, and so I was like, I'm going to hang around just in case because I I wanted to believe, right. I, I wanted there to be one, even though I knew there wasn't.
1: Right. No, no, it's the same thing. I heard that there wasn't going to be one either, but I did hang around. But that's the thing; I stay for all of them. I'm just surprised that the majority of people, at least that I see at my theater, never stay. And it's only like, but the funny thing was, I saw more people staying at Endgame, the one that didn't have a post credit scene, than I've ever seen ever before. It was, it was, uh, it was possibly the majority stayed this time. And yeah.
2: uh, it's like, oh no, now they're gonna learn the wrong lesson.
1: Now they're gonna <laughs> leave
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Endgame was the first Marvel movie I left during the credits. You mm-hmm. know, like the second time I saw it. You know, of course, the first time I stayed through the credits, but the second time I saw it after they had the the signature credits. You know, the 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 scroll credit started up. Mm. You know, I went ahead and left, but and I got some weird looks from people that you know that was their first time see it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just like, huh? okay, see y'all, you know. And they're looking <laughs> at me like I'm weird, you know. I'm like, all right, <laughs> peace out, kids, you know. Yeah. are um, all
3: private home, and they're like, yeah, I wanted to call that guy a name, but then he was right.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> meanwhile i got straight into the bathroom didn't have to wait there you, there you go
1: yeah that's the only time i've ever seen a line from the men's room at, a, at my movie theater was after <laughs> endgame where it's like i have to go to the bathroom then i go there and there's a line coming way out the bathroom and i'm like oh my god yeah. Yeah. and before the sewing started you know it's like let's let's preemptively go to the bathroom you know yeah. um but uh But yeah, so this movie was a huge event. It's been building for so many movies. And one of the things that kind of surprised me, because I knew we were going to get a lot of cameos and references, but they still were able to put more in than I was expecting. And so I'm just kind of curious from everybody, before we dive into the real meat of the movie, was there a particular character or thing that was in the movie that surprised you, you know, the, you know, going into it you weren't expecting? Um, so Ryan, let's start with you. was there was there anything in the movie that really surprised you as far as like, whoa, I was not expecting this character?
4: Well, I mean, just as far as cameos go, I would honestly say probably probably Robert Redford, you know, uh, Pierce coming back. Not because I was like, oh, wow, Pierce is back on the screen. But I just thought, oh, wow, that's that's pretty impressive that they got him back, even if it was only for, you know, a 30 second uh, clip.
1: He was another. Yeah, he was one I was not expecting either. Um, Ashley, what about you?
0: Um, I actually really liked seeing Thor's mother, and mm. I was surprised to see a callback to Thor The Dark World, which I know is many fans, uh, not most favorite Marvel movie. I know it's down towards the lower end of my rankings, but it was really nice to see her again and kind of have that callback to his family and his roots. So I appreciated seeing her.
1: Yeah, I suspected Natalie Portman was going to be back. But yeah, seeing his mom was was a surprise to me. So I um, was definitely not expecting that. But it makes sense. That since that's one with an Infinity Stone, that they were going to call back to an earlier Thor movie, that would
4: be the one. I'm curious because, I mean, I know Natalie Portman got credit, but was he, she actually? She didn't. There was there was no dialogue, so was it? I don't know if it was really her or CG or. Oh no,
1: she went to the premiere, so I assume it was her.
2: I heard it was unused footage from the Dark World.
0: Mm. Oh, that could okay. be. Okay.
2: All right, that makes sense.
1: But she showed up at the premiere, which means that she's not so tor- horribly like you know done with Marvel and Avengers movies that yeah. she wouldn't even like
2: show up. So um, well, I'm sure she's still got a check for it, you know. Right. <laughs>
5: and,
2: it's, and it's probably a good idea to stay on Disney's good side because they're going right. to own all of us eventually.
5: Right. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're about to own 100 percent of Hulu. Uh, all right.
1: Whew. Um. But uh, yeah. So Will was. Were there any character? Was there any character that was a surprise for you?
2: Well, I'm assuming we're we're gonna be just spoiler spoiler. Oh yeah yeah, time. yeah, 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 so, right, right. as a
1: standard for the 42 cast, it's all spoilers. You you right. better have seen uh, it or not care if you're listening. Attention,
2: attention, internet. We are spoiling the movie. Right. Um, my, mine's more of like a group of spoilers. Like I I was on I was on Cloud Nine when they redid the elevator scene from Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, you know, because you had low in there you had Sitwell you had mm-hmm. that other guy with the scar and you had that other guy from winter Soldier I can't think of their names right now um but like I love the way that entire scene played out you mm-hmm. know because I didn't expect to see you know much like Robert Redford I didn't expect to see any of those old characters back you know especially from winter Soldier um you know because they were they were 2012 in the Avengers you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I love the fact that they staged that elevator scene again. And I haven't gone back to watch Winter Soldier again since then, but you know, it, it uh, upon two viewings of it, it seemed like they were in their exact same spots from Winter Soldier in the elevator. So I love the way that all played out. I don't think Sitwell was in the elevator in Winter Soldier though. So no, I, I think no, you're it was right.
0: slightly
1: it, different. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you're right. But but, but yeah, this obviously awesome. the staging of it and, and how they did yeah. it was, was the same. Yeah. But yeah, the characters Fantastic. weren't exactly the same. But uh, no, no, that was cool. Yeah, I was not. Yeah, you know, Crossbones was there, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that was another one I wasn't expecting." Yeah, uh, Mark, what about you? Was there were there any surprises as far as the characters that they pulled?
3: Well, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna uh, echo the the whole uh, Shield group because I love 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 uh, MCU Shield, and uh, uh, I'm sorry that we don't see more of it in the movies although that looks like that may change again but uh for me it was john slattery um i uh i love i love him uh as uh elder uh, uh elder stark not uh, mm-hmm. anthony stark but um, howard. um howard, stark. howard stark and uh so it was really cool it was really cool to see him again mm-hmm. uh, that 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 scene You know, when we saw what they were doing, you know, I was like, "Oh, cool! This is going to be a walkthrough of, you know, uh, basically liner notes to all the all the really good stuff." But then they then they went on this side trip, and I love the fact that it was, you know, young uh, Hank Pym and young Howard Stark. Uh, You know, I I just
1: young Stanley.
3: Yeah, and I and and I think that that scene uh, was crucially important uh to, to what happens next and uh, you know my my thesis um nathan uh and uh you know if these if these two last two movies didn't just fall completely on it <laughs> i don't know i did mm-hmm. you
1: know
3: uh, it's nice to be smart is what <laughs> i'm saying <laughs>
1: yeah no you're right yeah i was not expecting to see howard stark um I feel kind of sad that there wasn't some way, since there was time travel involved, they couldn't have had both Howard Stark's actors in there some way. Like, maybe with the one where Tony's back in time have the elder Stark like they had. But maybe, like, when they have Cap dancing with Peggy at the end, like, Uh, maybe the younger younger Howard Stark could, like, be there at the house and say, hey, guys, or something, just so that you could have both of them.
3: I I I was happy with what I got and especially because we got we got uh, a, a little wink for Jarvis and we right. got Peggy at the end so yep. I I could I would that checked all of my boxes man sure. I was just uh, and especially because um you know didn't see it coming you know mm-hmm. when they're talking and they're like yeah they were both there at this time yeah and blah 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 can we do it i don't know it's going to be tricky we'll have to split up and i'm like what are they talking about <laughs> and, then, and then when they and then when they get there i'm like oh that's awesome yeah. so yeah, yeah no exactly. jarvis
1: was really surprising because he has never been in a movie before so that's a rare case of the movies acknowledging the tv series so um yeah i was very happy to see him yeah
4: Yeah, that's like the only case of the movies acknowledging nine TV series, right? No, ten TV series, and that's the only time we've gotten any sort of acknowledgement. Right,
1: right, because it flows the other way. A character will be introduced in the movies, and then sometimes they they show up on TV, but never the other.
4: Or they're referenced. They
1: start a TV and go to the movie, so yeah, it was nice to see Jarvis there.
4: And honestly, I never would have, in a thousand years, have bet Jarvis, out of ten TV series, right. Jarvis would be the one that shows up. But he, it was perfect.
1: Right. No, yeah, I was expecting to see Daisy or May or somebody like uh, you know before I ever saw Jarvis. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, for me, and the one that I was so happy to see, not only because I wasn't expecting, but also because... I felt like the role in the movie was more pivotal than the other cameos. And since the person came from a movie that I absolutely love, I was very happy with it. And that was Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One.
0: Yes.
1: I never in a million years thought I was going to see her again. But, you know, first of all, seeing that she was at the Battle for New York was awesome. But also the fact that her conversation with Bruce is one of the most important you know, parts of, of the movie you know, as far as the plot and what's happening. So, um, I really like that they gave her, you know, like, a, you know, that important role and also with her basically being like, um, you know, we, 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 we got to do this thing because if, you know, if Steven said that this is the way it has to be, that it's the way it has to be, you know? So I, 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 loved seeing her. Um, so I was very happy with that, but, uh, I,
3: yeah. I would also, I would also add, cause we've already discussed cap in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaning over to to say hail Hydra. And I think I, I have no proof of this, no evidence whatsoever. But when, when I saw Swinton, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. But then when they did, when over and said hail Hydra, I am not so certain that this was not a little bit of shade proing at the internet on onra- uh, outrage machine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know for all the cap would never say hail hydra uh even though he turned into a werewolf and they made a frog <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like and and i think i think bringing tilda swinton back was 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 another one of those like you know ah there you go you, you want something to complain about ah there's your thing you know uh so i i loved it i you know and again, you can never they'll they'll deny it, I'm sure. I'm sure they would say, Oh no, 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 that just we were doing this for the story, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I bet you money that that they did that as sort of a little uh a, a little dig at the people who find things to complain about. Not that uh not that that happens all the
1: time. It's just what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I gotta say I had a little bit of an issue with Cap saying Hill Hydra, but I was like, yeah, I guess he would just, you know, because of the need of getting out of that situation, he would just do it. But uh, I I did have I did have a little bit of a knee-jerk on that that I wasn't happy with it, but
3: So see
1: Nathan, you were the target audience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, because, I mean, it's been five years in a dystopian world, so Cap may have gotten a little darker. Certainly Cap from, like, the first Avengers movie would have never said it. But, yeah, so let's dive into um, the movie a little bit more directly here. Um, we're coming on the heels of Captain Marvel. And so, um, you know, she was um, someone that we got some, some cool scenes with in this movie. Um, so I was surprised, though. And maybe nobody else was, but I was surprised because of all the characters, I thought that she was going to be one of the more prominently featured in the movie, and it seemed like while she was there and she was important for the things that she introduced or the ways that she helped she wasn't in a lot of the movie screen time wise so um was anyone else kind of surprised with carol's role in the movie or what do you think about you know as far as like how involved captain marvel was so ashley why don't we start with you on that one
0: Yeah, you know what, I was surprised also because I was convinced that's why the reason we didn't see any of her in Infinity War, I thought, you know, they're going to give us her solo film and then she is just going to show up and she's going to wreck Thanos and she's going to be just a huge part of defeating him. So, again, I was really surprised when she actually wasn't. I think that's because they wanted to give the original Avengers characters more screen time and character mm. development moments. But then again, it did feel a little bit odd that she wasn't in more of it. Because when you have a character this powerful, it seems like, yeah, you you want her to be on the front lines against Thanos. So it did seem a little bit odd in terms of the story in the universe. Like they would definitely want to keep her close and – have her more a part of this mission, but I also totally understand from a storytelling point, how they want to kind of keep it focused on the previous Avengers who will be retiring now, will not be appearing in movies anymore. And then she'll get to play a more increased role going forward,
1: not appearing in movies anymore, most likely, except for one notable exception. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. yes. Um, but, um, so yeah, um, Will. What about you? Were you kind of surprised that Carol wasn't
2: in it as much as she was? Yeah, a little bit, um, because simply because like the, the Infinity War post-credit scene led you to believe that she would be more important than what she was in game. You know, uh, you know. Oh my gosh, pull it on the beeper. What's going on with the beeper? What's the deal with the beeper? And plus the way that um, you know the way that built that up you know, it definitely led me to believe that she'd be more of a major player in this in this uh, in this outcome. But yeah, a little surprised. But the way the story unfolded, it definitely made sense, you know, because they definitely focused in on, you know, the original six Avengers, you know, gave them all their character beats and, uh, you know, their their time to shine. But Mm -hmm. you know, and the way that I looked at the, the way they handle the character is kind of like, you know, she's kind of like Superman at this point, you know, the, the, the power that she achieved at the end of the, of her movie. And then what she showed us in Endgame, game, especially in the, in the end battle, you know, that, that powerful of a character, how do you write a story where there's stakes when she can level the playing field literally and figuratively, you know, mm-hmm. so it made sense to get her off the, off the board for a while um, just because it'd be totally unfair to every other bad guy, if she was there, and there'd be no drama involved, you know. Um So I, I like the way they structured the story, you know. And, and you know, like like was said earlier, she's got plenty of time to shine. You know, mm-hmm. this was this was the send off for the originals, and you know, the she, she's got more. I'm sure she'll have more of a role to play in the upcoming phases of the MCU. Yeah, I.
1: I, we're we're gonna talk about the structure of the movie and how it kind of like changed expectations in that too. But yeah, I, I I completely agree because the way that the movie flowed, it was not it didn't lend itself to her to Carol having a big involvement. But. Um... You know, I, I, I was very surprised about. It. I mean, Mark, do you have anything more to say about about Carol and, and her involvement in the movie?
3: No, I uh because of the power level that she's at, she's basically a Deus Ex Machina, anyways, <laughs> uh and and so I think uh, turning her, uh, rightfully so, into basically the Green Lantern of Marvel, mm-hmm. uh is the best way to do it, and and her reason the reasoning was sound, you know. A lot of other worlds are having the same problem that you guys are, you know, and so, uh, so no, I I think it worked. In fact, I gotta tell you, I'd sort of forgotten about her um, uh, during that battle because I was too busy, you know, tracking everybody else. So when she shows up and and does her kind of power move, I'm like I'm like that's what she that's what she needed. She sure. needed to be. She needed to be the the wave motion gun. She needed to be the ion cannon. She needed to be the Death Star,
1: right? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I love the uh, Star Blazer slash Amato reference.
3: Uh, I'm I'm nothing if not old and sad. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, no, that I, I I didn't have a problem with it. The, okay. the, there's I don't I I ever I don't have any quibbles. I'll go ahead and, and sure. state that up front. And so, if you have any quibbles. I I will challenge you
1: on them. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there, there's, there's something I'm going to bring up later. I think that that would be sort of my, um, my thing about this where, uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. um, Brian, what uh, did do you have anything more to add about Carol?
4: Well, I mean, if they wanted to throw in another, you know, twenty six minutes of time <laughs> with you know, Captain Marvel, I sure. would I would have crossed my legs and waited that much longer. <laughs> um, but had been perfectly happy with it. But yeah, I, this was the swan song of the original six. Like like we've all said, this was their their movie. But I think it's important. Uh, the distinction needs to be made that while she didn't have much screen time, she was still very pivotal to the movie. I mean, uh, her introduction to this movie is she's rescuing Tony. Yeah, you know, He would right. have died um, without her. Uh, she... Basically, they're getting hammered uh, from uh, from above, and she that that was by the way that's probably the best entrance in the entire movie. The cannons <laughs> are firing down into the battleground, and then suddenly they all point towards the sky, mm. and you oh. know what's coming. You yep. know, yeah, that 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 was. I had like probably a dozen goosebump moments yeah, during yeah, this movie. Yeah. That- that was one of them, for sure. So, the only yeah.
3: thing missing was the Led Zeppelin key, right? <laughs> they could <picked>
4: <laughs> yes. immigrant song for that one, man. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. So, yeah, she was absolutely pivotal, even if she didn't have a lot of screen time.
1: Now, the other, the other character that we got in this movie that we didn't get in Infinity War, or at least was prominent in this one, was Hawkeye, who was strangely missing from Infinity War, and, and we get him here. And the movie opens with, like, the most heart-wrenching and, <laughs> and devastating way that it could with that scene, because he doesn't even see them disappear. And I thought that that was, like, so horrible that it's like he just turns around and they're not there anymore. And uh, Oh, God, I felt so bad watching that. It just hurt me so deeply. Um, and, and he gets, I would argue, the most interesting character arc, although they kind of, like, drop it halfway through. Um... But uh, but yeah, I mean, thoughts on Ronan slash Hawkeye and what happened uh, with him in this movie? Um, why don't we start with you, Will?
2: I really enjoyed what they did with him in this movie. Um, like the beginning, you know, the cold open. I really enjoyed that because we we got a glimpse of it at the end of Infinity War with the Nick Fury cameo. Mm-hmm. But this one really showed what just the normal citizens were experiencing during the snap you know because right. we got the point of view of all the heroes you know the the main characters infinity war and you know at that point you really can't call you know clint uh, an avenger and hero because i mean you know he had taken the deal after the mm-hmm. sokovia accords and he was he was chilling doing the family life but you know so according to him he had no i mean well i mean based on what we saw he had no idea what was going on mm-hmm. you know um, much less his family. And so just, they're just out there just doing their thing. And, you know, we got a good glimpse up to, you know, like I say, a purely innocent family getting affected by this, you know, just to have that that side of things, you know, put a good perspective on the entire, you know, first half of the movie, first third of the movie. Um, and I know when I saw it uh, on Thursday night, there was, I mean, just audible gasps, you know, from the audience. Oh, oh I, I, liked, I knew uh, what we
1: were in for as soon as they opened with that. I'm like, no oh, God, I don't want to yeah, see this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, here we go. You know, this is
2: gonna hurt. And <laughs> yeah. And and I, I like the uh, the mindset of him. You know, they touched on a little bit. You know, when when he's you know taking down, uh, um, you know the, the Japanese, the the uh, the yakuza. Mm. Um, but you know, he, he it, obviously his mindset is, you know, why are good people gone when all these bad people are still here, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of turns into the, you know, the punisher, so to speak. I, I am very disappointed. Oh, at the end
1: of the day, you know, as much as I love Ant-Man, I wish that we had gotten a Hawkeye movie in between the two, the Infinity War and this with him, the story of him as Ronan, because that's the thing I wanted way more of after we got that two or three minute scene. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like the most interesting thing. I want more of this of the guy that's broken and, you know, his family died. It's like, why are you people still alive? I, I want that movie.
2: And, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he's, he's out there for five years. Just you know right. like, him down, <laughs> taking them down you know yes. taking care of business i mm. mean and maybe you could make the argument that uh that he you know he, he kind of rejoined the team a little quickly you know maybe he you know uh, got back on board that that was my problem is they kind of dropped it it's just they they mentioned oh he's done some dark things but it's like he goes back to being the old hawkeye pretty quick <laughs> right but but yeah. you know it didn't really bother me because you know if there's anyone that could pull him back from the brink and and get him back to, to where they need him to be it was it'd be natasha you know um since they had so much history together but i mean yeah i mean i really enjoyed what they did with him um his his arc in this movie was uh, was definitely good for me yeah yeah um ryan thoughts on Hawkeye? they made a point uh, i noticed this the second
4: time i was watching it they made a point in the the very opening scene of showing the ankle bracelet yes um yeah. Yeah, that he's worrying. So, yeah, they're establishing. Oh, by the way, don't forget, he's on house arrest. Um, but I agree with you, Nathan. It was even sadder that he didn't see them, you know, uh, dust, mm-hmm. because that meant in the back of his head, maybe, maybe something else happened to them. Maybe, you know, there's a. Pos- it, 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 he lacked that the closure that well, a lot of other even, people but even even beyond
1: that just the terror of not knowing what happened the how long did it take before he heard about the snap and learned of it yeah. he looks like he's living pretty far away from other people so you know like how many hours did he search you know before you know coming across people that said like
4: hey you know this is a thing that happened uh, i mean if you want to think that rationally think it through he probably picked up his phone and tried to make a phone call and probably got the all lines are busy message and maybe turned on the tv i'm sure he found out within minutes that something was going on but uh but nevertheless you're
1: assuming that the communications like continued to function normally and that he you know well well, yeah i mean maybe in ant-man it looked like all the tvs were on the test screen and i get that he was living in a different place but you know
4: well even even if they're on the test screen that would still tell hawkeye this isn't something that's Isolated to just him—that this is happening everywhere, or, or at least to a much larger area. So, I mean, yeah, it, it might have taken him uh, a little while to find out specifically that half the universe disappeared. But then it would take everyone. The only people that literally knew at that moment that half the universe disappeared was uh, the, the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But anyways, back to, circling back around to Hawkeye and his arc and everything, I found it plausible because he isn't that he isn't Ronan he isn't that character and the moment and and that was so poignant when uh he's begging um Nat not to give him hope because that's the one thing he can't he can't if he if he was given hope and they failed again, it mm. would have been too much for him, mm. and so that, 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 that again, that's another one of those scenes that kind of oh, you know, got me throughout this entire movie. Um, but even after that, there was a, a sadness to him, an edge to him that made me think, No, this isn't the Hawkeye we know and love. The very fact that he volunteered immediately to run the test, uh, mm,
1: that's fair, yeah,
4: yeah, he was like, You know, whatever, do what mm-hmm. you got to do, let's get this done, and the fact that even though he knew. Going back, that you really can't interfere with your past. He still hurt his daughter and went running. Uh, you know, the rules just the rules be damned. He was going to do it, um, which maybe meant he should not have been the one to be sent back, or at least not sent back there. But
1: the thing is, all the hat. I mean, it, it. I mean, there's no negative effect from doing it. it. Just means it doesn't affect the present. You know, like he could talk to his daughter yeah. in that timeline all he wanted and warn her about it and whatever, but when he went back to the present, it would still not, you know, it would be a different timeline. So yeah, but still the fact that he wanted to see them, he wanted to talk to them. Yeah, you're right. There was that sadness, that, that thing that that's all he was living for at that point. Mark, what do you think about the Hawkeye arc?
3: One of my favorite lines of dialogue that, uh, Clinton Barton gets to say in these movies is in civil war. When, uh, Wanda says, Clint, what are you doing here? And he says, disappointing my
5: kids.
3: (laughs) I think that uh, the choices that they made are great. As much as I love uh, the kind of hopeless idiot Hawkeye from the comics, uh, I really like Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think this was the perfect arc for him because I – Knowing that he is a you know former secret agent uh, and covert ops guy, and uh, and was the guy that pulled uh, Natasha out of you know the the spy life or at least out of wet work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obvious from the second Avengers movie that his family. Is the thing that grounds him. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's probably the thing that made him decide to take the job at Shield, or, or the two were really close together. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's clear that he, you know, uh, he intentionally set it up so that they couldn't be, uh, so that they were completely off the grid as part of the conditions for joining Shield. So when that anchor was gone, the only thing that was left was the old operative and so uh i thought it worked mm-hmm. perfectly and, and i don't think he j- rejoined quickly i think you know natasha reaching out to him and, and saying even though it was off screen we think we found a way to bring him back that would be the thing that he you know shows up for you know so so no i get it i loved it i thought it was i thought it was perfect i i, I had no problem with any of
4: it yeah, hypothetically there is a hawkeye um T V show in the works on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, but but no, I I prequels, no. No. I hate
4: prequels. <laughs> well no, I don't think it'll be a prequel, but they can do they can do a flashback or even just deal with the ramifications because Clint is the type of guy who he's not gonna forget this. This mm. is gonna haunt him.
1: Yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping it's not a prequel. We know now some of the projects moving forward are going to be prequels because they have yeah. to be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Hawkeye, I'm hoping is not a prequel series um, on Disney Plus. But we'll see. Um, because yeah, if once something's a prequel, my interest level goes like you know to like five percent of what it would have been if it wasn't. So um, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, but Ashley, what do you think about Hawkeye's arc?
0: Yeah, I feel like I just kind of have to echo all the great comments that were made previously. Um, I feel kind of bad sometimes. Sometimes I forget about Hawkeye as a character just because you have so many... Like, he's a great guy, but there are so many big personalities, and you've got, like, Tony Stark, Star-Lord, Captain America, Thor. I, I forget about him sometimes, but what I do appreciate is that he brings kind of, again, this more human element. Like, he's got this family. He wants to have this... Ordinary life kind of running parallel to his work with S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, um, what a great opening. And of course, by great, I mean gut wrenching that just kind of puts us back in that headspace that we were in at the end of Infinity War. And I really appreciated seeing his friendship with Natasha in this movie. I loved seeing them interact kind of going back to the first Avengers movie in 2012. And I wish we'd had even more time to get interactions between these two, but as hard as it was to see to watch um, the scene with them fighting over the Soul Stone, I thought was really great because it just drives home how important they are to each other and just how much both of them are very willing to be the one who sacrifices it. So, even though Hawkeye is one of the guys that doesn't have these big superpowers, I thought the movie made a very strong case of why he deserves to be in the Avengers group. So, totally, um, totally. kudos to Endgame for reminding me about Hawkeye and why he's important. <laughs> I, I, only-
1: laugh because I have friends who you know whenever someone is like the unpopular character or the character that's sort of the lesser character there's this small group of rabid fans who are just like this is the number one character he is the most amazing the most awesome why doesn't yes. anyone give him his due yeah. and I've got some Hawkeye fan friends that when they hear this episode they're gonna be mad when you're like I I'm sorry guys Hawkeye. like I said <laughs> I, w- I will say
0: it again thank you for in-game for reminding me again and making me appreciate hawkeye and reminding me why is important so don't don't send me your hate mail please
4: <laughs> well i mean i think we can all agree that the very end instead of cap thor and tony against thanos had it just been hawkeye right. it would have been game over you know <laughs> hawkeye would have you know dusted it reminds in, you me know. of the meme,
1: that,
5: the meme that has
1: chuck chuck norris in the avengers outfit from the you know that through the quantum realm and it's just like thanos is done you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hawkeye's like Chuck Norris they're about equivalent but <laughs> yeah I, I know the, the one thing though that I'm gonna say and I know this is probably gonna end up being controversial is I didn't buy the scene on Bormir just because I didn't buy that Hawkeye could get the soul stone because I don't buy that Natasha is the person he loves the most I think it's somebody in his family and they're dead so he can't sacrifice them so I was like wait a minute I can buy, Nat- like, he's the person Natasha loves the most, but I can't buy that Natasha
4: is the person he loves the most. No, in, all, in
3: all you, the Red Skull said was the soul for a
4: soul. Well, and you must sacrifice what you, something you love, not the Not most. the most? Right, I thought that was yeah. the stipulation, was no. the
1: thing you love the most, as they go.
4: No, just what you
1: love. Uh, am I reading too much Once Upon a Time into this?
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay company though so easy mistake yeah
1: fair enough yeah no no that's all right then i then i did get that wrong then because yeah i thought it was well well the skull was like you know you know people have come here before and none of them's been able to do it and i'm like well geez if then it's not the thing you love the most then that shouldn't be that hard you know take like your dog or something and just drop it off you know, I thought it was always that it was it was too hard. Either either somebody couldn't make the sacrifice because what they loved the most was already dead, or you know those who had like the thing they loved the most with them couldn't bear to do it. But yeah, if it's just any old thing that you love the most, then yeah, or you love. I mean, well, that's too really bad. I think
4: if it's something you, something <laughs> or someone. If it's so, first off, it's a living being right, because right. it's a soul. For a soul, so that's what I'm saying. Bring so a pet, you know. <laughs> One, oh. <laughs> but if you love something, love, I, you know what? No, uh, I'm walking away. <laughs> I,
3: Mason, how did you get through high school? You know. What do you mean? What. So you so it, it said it was a thousand-word essay. Now, that means I can write one word a thousand <laughs> times, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be different words. What's all these freaking editions? Uh, you know what? I, I'll, I, I love my parakeet one. I'll bring the parakeet. You know, the parakeet's fine. You know, I, I have a lot of found memories of the parakeet. Why does it have to be my sister or my brother? Why can't it be my stepson? I, I, he's all right. I mean, he's not great. <laughs> you know, can't it just be enough that they were willing to give their lives for everybody? Oh, my God.
2: Well, and the lesson learned here is don't let right dogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, absolute power over the whole universe versus a pet. You know, it's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't believe. Yeah. Wick,
4: okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
1: saying I would do it. I'm just saying I can certainly conceive of the character who would do that. But anyway.
4: That is
3: some—that well, is some I mean, lawyer <laughs> shit, right there, man. That is I, that is yeah. oh, that is first edition
2: D and D right there. Now I've got this mental image of John Wick staring down Red Skull with his dog in hand. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play out. You know,
4: I—I I, I mean, in all fairness, though, I Thanos probably did love Gamora like a, a <laughs> pet, so it's not, you know, whatever. Oh. You know?
1: oh yeah.
3: In, in Thanos's case. You know, the, the the reason why that works is because uh, I think his sort of kind of in the back of his mind intention was, I'll wipe out half the universe, except the people mm-hmm. I really like. You know, and, I, and he never really says that out loud, but I mean, let's face it, you know, it's not an altruistic reason for him to do this. And so the fact that, that when the heroes get the stone, it is an altruistic right. thing, Right. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think the the symmetry, or rather the balance of that, uh, was 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 well described. Yeah.
1: No. I always imagined that if his minions had survived, they would have been excluded from the snap. You know, it's just they all ended up dying in Wakanda before, uh, you know, or, or the one died in space before he snapped. So that's why they weren't excluded. But yeah, I I figured the same thing. Moving on from uh, from Hawkeye, we've got our core group of Avengers. Now, we don't have the time to go through each of them individually, but there were a lot of changes in this one. And I think most notably um, on sort of, let's say the lighter hearted side, we have the Hulk is now Professor Hulk and we have Thor as um, sort of fat letting himself go Thor. (laughs) So what did you guys think about those changes? Um, Let's start with you this time, Ryan.
4: Um, <laughs> I'm still. I'll go backwards. Uh, I'm still processing uh, Thor. Uh, on the one hand, I think there's a lot of substance there once you get past the the laugh line or the 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 you know air quote mm-hmm. joke. Um, um, and I think that there's especially his interaction with his mother. I mean, heartbreaking. And you can tell this is a guy who's clearly suffering. And so I think uh, I think like. Years from now, we're going to look at this portrayal of Thor as uh, perhaps the first real representation of PTSD in the MCU, with the possible exception of Tony, because he's had it um, since New York, the first battle of New York. Um, so, but I think the fact that it's a god, and the fact that even when he, you know, called forth the lightning, uh, he, he didn't immediately go back to, you know, super into uh, point break uh, body. It was still. <laughs> it was still Lebowski <laughs> body, um, so I think there's a lot there that's going to take unpacking for some time. And I get the people who are upset with it. I think that's perfectly valid, and I get the people who. I think I think that one just affects everyone differently, and I think I think again aside from the comedic aspects of it that there's there's a lot to it. Uh, I kind of hated Professor Hulk, um, by which I mean, I hated the fact that they've spent. You know, Thor, Ragnarok, uh, and uh, Infinity were building up to what's going with Hulk. What's going on with Hulk? And then they just, oh, in between movies, bam! I'm fixed. It's all good. My my character arc and growth is completely done. This is who I'm. Him. Who I am. I'm sorry you missed it. And it just, it felt. I felt robbed. I felt like I missed uh, a movie in between. And sometimes they do that. It's a necessity, and I get it. Um, This time, it just felt like a, a bad writing or. I don't know, I just wasn't happy with yeah, that. I mean, all.
1: my personal thing I get that this is a personal thing for me. I wanted Grey Hulk. I wanted that to be the end game out of that. You know, I wanted the Mr. Fixit Hulk. I, I'm fine with the fact they didn't go that way. That just would have been my preference. But what I did want is if they were going to go that route, not only to show it, like like you said, Ryan, like with the you know, that he's become the integrated persona, but I felt like it yeah. shouldn't have just looked like Mark Ruffalo just sized up and green, because the idea is when the Hulk integrates his personalities integrate, so he should have not felt like the same Mark Reffalo, Bruce Banner that we've seen. He should have been a little gruffer, a little you know, a little more that Hulk persona should have been embodied within him because he's now the integrated persona. He's smart, but he should also have some of that anger and rage. But instead, he was just like, "Hey guys, you know, I'm just you know the you know the same character I've always been. I'm just big and green now, and I, I didn't care for that as much." I didn't give that. You didn't. Oh, no he's taking selfies and everything he's kind of a good lovable goofball character you know
4: he's, yes but what i'm saying is i felt like it was an integration of the two he clearly wasn't as smart as banner uh but he wasn't uh angry and he wasn't full emotion like hulk he was the combination of the two i mean i, I didn't heard... get that
1: he wasn't as smart as he used to be at all
4: oh yeah i got i got that impression i mean the fact that he was a big brain but i he, Banner was a lot smarter than Professor Hawk. I mean, like, uh, he just w- he wouldn't have made, the- Banner wouldn't have made the mistakes like with the time machine, <laughs> okay. you know, with, with, with turning Scott into a baby. Uh, in oh, okay, I, I, I mean, if you say so, I mean,
1: that wasn't his area of expertise. It didn't have anything to do with Gamma, so I, I totally would have seen that if he wasn't big and green happening that there.
4: I think, I think Banner has more PhDs than Tony does. <laughs> Did they say that in one of the movies? I don't remember that. I, I, I'm not sure that's canon, okay. but I think I've heard that <laughs> heard that somewhere. All right, well, if you're
1: just pulling <laughs> stuff out of nowhere, then you know, come on. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, um, Ashley, what do you think about uh, Hulk and Thor?
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to start with Hulk. Um, I was having a conversation um, with some other people about Hulk, and we also kind of felt like you almost go into it too quickly. Like when you think about the space that everybody is in at the end of Infinity War, they've all been Mm. through this trauma. They've all had this incredible failure. And I think you can see the scars of that experience in pretty much every character. But in a weird way, Hulk almost seems like he's fine. He's Mm. doing good. Like you mentioned, he's taking a selfie with the kids. So it, I do feel like we kind of missed like part of his development. It would have been nice to see more of that journey because it does feel a little bit abrupt. And, um, in terms of Thor, I would have liked to see maybe just a few more serious moments with him because when you think about it, he's had even though he's one of the funnier Avengers, he's had one of the most tragic arcs. I mean, his brother betrayed him. Um, He found out that his father wasn't who he thought he was. His father dies. His mother dies. His entire planet is blown up. And then Thanos comes and wrecks the survivors of the Asgardians and he's completely alone in the universe. And then he's going on this mission to have revenge against Thanos and then he fails at that too so just I mean the crushing weight of that I can't just imagine what that would be like for him to go through and I think it is interesting that you see him kind of pretending to be a bro and just having a good time with the guys but underneath that he has all that pain and suffering that he's been through so that's kind of why I'm excited to see him with the Guardians because I think he'll fit in well with that group because they're all people that have experienced loss and trauma and don't don't quite know where they fit in, so I, I kind of wish they'd taken Thor just a little more seriously at some of the moments. But I think there's some cool opportunities for him as he kind of learns to explore himself, and <laughs> that's another kind of the reason why I'm glad he swapped out. Um, I can never say Mjolnir, the yeah. ha- whatever, the hammer. For I can never say it, Stormbreaker, because it feels like it's him kind of starting to find his own legacy. Like he's kind of left some of his past behind, and he's going to define who he is. So I think there's definitely some interesting places he could go. Out um, of I don't think we'll see a lot of the original Avengers again on film, but I think we may we will probably see yeah. Thor again.
1: No, I mean you've hit on something that worries me a little bit. And I have the bad feeling that because of the success of the Guardians and Thor Ragnarok, that they're trying to make the movies even sillier across the board. And I would be happier with them just leaving different play. Like, Guardians can be silly, but that doesn't mean every movie's got to be silly. And I felt like what they did with yes. Thor and Hulk was a little too far on the silly side in this one. I, I was not particularly happy yeah. with either of them. Um, you know, and, and, well, I get that there's a really cool, like, you know, way you can spin Thor's, you know Arc like what Ryan was saying, I don't feel like we got enough of the tragedy of it it was more just like ha oh, Thor's kind of paunchy now <laughs> you know kind of thing and you know less about you know the tragedy of it um, so we'll we'll see and and maybe Guardians three maybe that's the direction they're gonna go but I'm not holding my breath with how the previous Guardians movies have been um,
2: will um, what about you what do you think about Thor and Hulk? Well, some great points have have made already. Um, as far as Thor goes, I mean, I definitely understand the, the comedic side of it. I mean, because, you know, the first, you know, two thirds of the movie, well, especially definitely the first third, I mean, deals with some pretty heavy stuff. You know, I mean, we've lost half the universe. You know, the world's pretty bleak. There's some some pretty uh, some dire things going on that people are dealing with. So mm. to have that levity is is not a bad thing. Um, keep the balance you know, of, of, of bad and good. Um, I didn't mind, you know, the, the comedic side of Thor because, you know, like we said, there's, there's that just below the surface trauma and guilt and anguish that he was dealing with. I mean, just the, the fact that Bruce mentioned Thanos, name, you know, just instantly put Thor into this, this, this spiral of, of, of despair and sadness that he didn't want to deal with, you know? Yeah. So I-, I love the bit at the beginning
1: when he just slices Thanos, his head off. And it's just like, they're like, what did you do? And he's like, I went for the
2: head. I, I went for the head right? Right. Cause he is just so, so reeling from the fact that he made that mistake. Right. And then the, the, you know, the crowd that I saw it with, you know, they were just eating up everything that Thor did, you know, especially the Lebowski line from Tony, you know, <laughs> yeah. which was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the, Looking at the way they the 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 path of the character through the movie, you know obviously he's he's just wrecked with guilt, you know, and frustration and sadness over what he did and what he could have done differently. You know, he, he obviously blames himself for yeah he should have killed Thanos, you know, gone for the head in Infinity War. He didn't. I mean, and then when he got the kill in, in game, it meant nothing. You know, there was no satisfaction, no resolution to the conflict. And it was just it was just a hollow, a hollow victory, you know. So, you know, th- the way I read into it, he was that's the way he was dealing with it was just to drown himself and drown his sorrows in food and, and alcohol, you know. Um, and But, yeah, but by the end of it, you know, he got his redemption. He got his reassurance from his mom that, yeah, you're still a good person. You're still worthy because he got his hammer back, you know, from from uh, from the dark world um so yeah i mean i, I definitely like the the arc of it i didn't mind the uh the, the comedic side of it as far as hulk goes um i'm a big peter david fan and his run of right. hulk you know thank
3: you from, thank from, you. from back was, in the day i've been sitting on my hands this whole time go
2: school go. <laughs> and, and <laughs> r- remind me of the issue number i think it was 378 when they merged the personalities together Three, <laughs>
3: 377
2: 377 thank you honey i shrunk the hulk um fantastic i mean one of the best issues of hulk i've ever read if not the best uh, no fight whatsoever it's just as a, a psychoanalyst uh, and anal- an anal- <laughs> you name it of the hulk and he Mental. merged all yeah exactly merged all the personalities together to create this one being and it, to see that on screen was fantastic um, yeah, i didn't totally. i didn't mind that uh that that it happened off screen because i mean if you look at you know, basically all six of the original Avengers, they all got their payoff at the end in one way or another. Um, Some of them happened, you know, like with 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 Natasha, it happened about halfway through the movie. You know, Thor, Tony and Cap happened at the end of the movie. You know, Clint happened, you know, whenever it happened, I guess at the end. Um, Bruce happened before the credits rolled, you know, at the beginning of the movie. You know, it happened. Well, not before the. Excuse me. You know, after the first 20 minutes, time jump, and then you know it happened during that time jump. Mm-hmm. You know that was his resolution, and then what we got after the time jump happened was the continuation of his conclusion. You know, and I didn't I didn't read into it that that he was not as smart as he was before the merging of of, of Hulk and Banner. What the way I looked at it was that he was no longer introverted, nerdy Banner. You know, he gained confidence with this merging, you know, because what we saw in the in the way he was portrayed when he was two separate sides, you know, uh, uh, was that Banner was very shy. He wasn't he wasn't confident. You know, there was always that hesitation with the relationship with him and Nat. And he you was, know, also he, was guilty.
3: he was also guilty about the Hulk and the damage that the Hulk does.
2: Yeah, it yeah was he, crushing
3: burden to him.
2: Yeah, he was racked with guilt. I mean, that's the reason why he exiled himself at the end of Age of Ultron. Right. I mean, he was he was socially awkward. He didn't know how to deal with people. And so this resolution with the Hulk side of his personality gave him that confidence to where he could take selfies with kids. He could interact with people better, you know, and, and having that calm mindset to where he didn't feel like he needed to resort to violence anymore led to that great bit, you know, in... In 2012, when he saw himself wrecking that Chitari with the with the car, and he's like, "Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here," and they're like, "Okay, yeah." And, and Bruce, if you if you need to smash something for effect, and he's like, "All right, you know," and he, he tried to smash something, and he just casually threw the motorcycle. And like, okay, I guess I'll do something here, you know. And so it, it it's like it was an, it was a good evolution of the characters to me, um, and it, it got him to where to a point to where he was for the first time in a long long time at peace and you know a a calm about him that we hadn't seen yet on screen so i mean i I was all for it man i loved it and the cg that they did on him was to me was top-notch i loved it i didn't mind that it looked like just a hulked up um Good Lord, I about said Eric Bana. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, Mark <laughs> Ruffalo, party foul. I didn't mind that. Looked, I, I didn't mind that it looked like you know just a roid rage Mark Ruffalo, because you know it, it, if he's a dominant personality with the strength of the Hulk, you know it it kind of made sense to me the way they played it off. But yeah, I mean I loved it. I loved the, every bit about the Hulk.
1: Okay. That's fine. I, I mean, to me, I guess the way it, to me he came off as if he was like one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like that's sort of the vibe that I got from him, was he, he was this goofball, and and I didn't I didn't particularly because I've read those Peter David issues too. I mean, the Hulk doesn't come off that way in the, the Peter David issues. Not that the comic should really matter for what the MCU does, but you well, know. but
2: for the first time in probably forever. He could enjoy being the Hulk. Sure, no, and I, you know, you made some you good know, points. I mean, because like, I mean, yeah. there was there was a there was a handful of issues in Hulk. Oh gosh, I forgot when it was. But he, there was a crossover with X Factor. There was a civil war in some foreign country. They mm-hmm. interfered with, and wow. he was enjoying the violence that he was participating in. You know, it's like this is fantastic, uh, unadulterated mayhem for a good cause. I mean, this is great. You know, because. It, whenever he was involved in those battles, he was submerged by the Hulk's personality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he was finally in a position where he could, he was in the driver's seat, you know? So it, it, there was, there was a, uh, a calm and a peace and an enjoyment, almost an enjoyment out of the whole thing. So that's, that's what I took from it. Sure. All right, Mark, I'm sorry you've been sitting on your hands, but I give you the last word.
3: <laughs> okay. Nathan, you're wrong. And here's why. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh,
3: first Preach- of all, um, Thor,
1: I'm not the only one who says. it. <laughs> oh, I know,
3: I know. The internet, uh, in their infinite wisdom, uh, has opinions about stuff. Um, so, regarding Thor, uh, actual mythological Thor is a comedic character, or rather, he's uh, he he's often the butt of the joke uh, and the things that that the tricks that Loki plays. So. Uh, If you want to go really old school, there's totally uh, an an antecedent for that. Uh, That said, uh, Hulk or uh, Thor going into space with the Guardians is straight out of comics of the last 15 years. So uh, that that process of moving forward, I think, uh, you know, because there's a five-year jump in the timeline. So we have to summarize these things because you can't show how everybody copes, and you know, in a three-hour movie, a lot's got to happen. So I think showing Thor having gone to seed to me, I think that was uh, genius. Uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily PTSD or uh, you know the kind of uh, uh, a a kind of a a, a, de- a depression that sinks in from this. I mean. You know, Thor was incredibly serious in Infinity War. You know, Uh, there's no joking. I mean, and it's important to note that, you know, the reason why Thor and Drax are are funny is because of, of the way that they interact with people. But they're both very serious characters. And especially, you know, here, where Thor is essentially on a bloody trail of vengeance. So I liked the Seven-style ending where Thor does the thing that everybody in the audience wants him to do. And then as soon as he does it, nobody feels good about it, <laughs> including Thor. So I thought that was a really sophisticated take. Uh, and the only reason why it's funny is because it's such a contrast. And and you got Korg, he, you know, Korg's a roommate. So, you know, that's that's gonna be a thing too. I think, see, to me, I think it's sad. I think it's tragic. You know that he he's become mired in the 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 day-to-day doldrums. You know, the cables out. We're drinking beer. We're playing video games. To me, that's a sad existence for a guy that used to live on another planet and traveled uh, to different realms via the Bifrost Bridge. What a letdown. So, so to me, that tragedy, that depression, is. It's very real. And uh, Will already mentioned that the, the Hulk, too, has, an, has, a, has a comic origin. Uh, I thought that was a, a, a really smart way of summarizing the way in which he moved on, the way in which they moved on. And it makes perfect sense that Bruce would figure out how to integrate the two personalities because the Hulk let him down in Infinity War. You know, Hulk was absent in Infinity War. And the fact that he'd been looking at the Hulk as a separate person, again, made perfect sense to me. I, I'm, I, 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 I thought it was fun that they lightened him up a little bit. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is a very charming uh, character anyways. His, his Bruce Banner is likable. You know, and so I, I, I like that the that part of Banner's personality was intact. You know, it, did, it didn't make him not a fighter because he gets into it, right? But I, I love the the whole, uh, all the stuff where, where they're trying to figure out time travel and they don't have all the pieces and parts and, you know, they're just doing tests. Uh, yeah, it's it's comedic because it's Ant-Man and, and the Hulk trying to figure something out. But I, I think you have to have those moments out of necessity uh, you know, people came into this movie depressed. They came into this movie, they came in sad, eager, but sad. So you have to have that stuff from a storytelling point of view. And finally, uh, from a corporate point of view, the reason why Hulk is a guest star in these movies and not on his own is because Universal still holds some rights.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So we'll, we will never get that five-year gap. Are you okay with that?
1: Yeah, no, I get that we're never going to get the five-year yeah, gap. What I'm... Yeah.
3: I mean, you, you just got to <laughs> yeah. be okay with it, because it's never going to happen. And so I didn't even... like. Right. I, I, I like the, the fact that they were summarizing. Cap's in a support group. Um, Clint is off off the edge of the map. Uh, Hulk has figured out a way to move on. Natasha has figured out a way to not move on. I mean, it's... I.
1: These are non-issues, in my opinion. Sure. No, and I mean, I get the whole idea of you can't have a movie that's just grimdark because we've gotten those from DC and I see how those work. I'm just saying that when you try to, like, throw, like, both ends of the spectrum into the same movie, that it can be a little bit like whiplash. And so that's why I think, like, the Star Wars movies tend to get it pretty good. You know, there's some darkness, but there's some light humor, but nothing like, oh, here's Scott as a baby, here's Scott as a 90-year-old guy, here's Scott back as himself. And he's like, I wet myself, but I'm not sure which one it was. See, to me, that's, like, over-the-top humor, and that's, like, when you have a movie that's, you know, trying to be serious in some sections, like, to go to that really, really over-the-top level in some scenes it becomes too silly and it breaks like the, the enjoyment of the movie because it's just too much. Um, that, that, that just is just as an example of the kind of scene I'm talking but about. Like
2: with the, with the stuff but, with Ant-Man though. Yeah. It was comedic and, you know, opinions being what they are. It might've been too comedic, but to me, that was true to the character. Cause that right. was the character that they had introduced over two movies, you know? Right. And with Thor three movies, he was, so, yes,
3: in the civil war.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Three movies. And with you know Thor, that's the the way the character evolved over the course of his movies. You know, by the because with Ragnarok, he was very heavily in the comedic side of things. So I mean, yeah, even right, though it no, was comedy, it was still <laughs> I'm well aware. You know, uh, <laughs> true to the characters where they were at that point in time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I was going to say though and and uh crap I lost it never mind. Mark said something I was going to tee off on and I lost it. <laughs> well they don't well let out. me
4: let me jump in with the fact sure. that uh as near as my quick research can find, Bruce Banner has 7 PhDs and Tony Stark has 1. So I'm going just...
1: <laughs> to <No. laughs>
4: Is that said
1: in the MCU or is that from the comics cuz you can is only MCU. bring evidence from the MCU. MCU. Oh, okay, if that's there the you MCU. Go. Now right. nope, it doesn't speak, MCU, speak to the
4: quality. there could be like six honorary uh right. <laughs> but, but I suspect that they at least uh, a few of them are, you know, pretty hardcore. Okay.
1: Oh, 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 no, I know what I was going to say. This is something I read uh, an interview with the Russos, and they said that actually... So you know all those scenes in the first Infinity War uh, trailer um, where it showed the Hulk and Wakanda? Apparently, originally in the movie, they were going to integrate the personalities in Infinity War, and there was actually a scene with Bruce in the lab, and they said they just couldn't make it work, which is why he ends up wearing Hulkbuster armor and all of that. But there was a, they did originally have it in Infinity War. Um this is a little FYI for people. Um but uh but yeah, and I hate to do this, but otherwise this is going to be a 3 hour plus podcast, but I'm going to combine uh, the characters that I probably feel have the um, Oh, what's the best way to put this? They have the, probably the biggest arcs. Um and that's Cap, Tony, and Natasha. Um, If you guys want to talk about War Machine and Ant-Man, there'll be a time to talk about things we haven't discussed yet. But I think really we would be remiss not talking about those core three in this movie because of what happens with them. Um, So, uh, Mark, since I don't want you to sit on your hands again, I'm going to give you the first word uh, this time. So... I know it's a lot to tackle, but um, the the arcs for Tony, Cap, and Natasha. How do you think about how those were handled in the movie?
3: I was stunned that um, that Black Widow uh, went out when she did. I I, I didn't mind it mm-hmm. because I kind of knew we were going to have some collateral damage, and also. Uh, they had teased, the, you know, in three movies now, they've mentioned Budapest, which makes me think that the prequel is going to be uh, when those two met and how their relationship developed. Which, yeah, and honestly, so I mm-hmm. think I'd prefer that. I, I oh, oh, that's going to be the best thing ever. So I was, uh, it made perfect sense the way it happened. And I think, she, I think she was looking at this as my, there's not been balanced. I think that's why she does all the Avengers stuff that she does is because she's a Tony. So mm-hmm. uh, this is that final act. You know, I'll, I'll die so your family can live. It's perfect. Um, with Tony, uh, I, I thought this, what happened with him was, uh, looking back on it, it was inevitable, right? Um, because... Uh, we get, you know, one of the things that uh, again, Iron Man three is one that a lot, not a lot of people like, but I love, and I like I like it because it, it's him sort of uh, in this confessional mode, you know, uh, this this I'm feeling responsible for this, you know, and so that made perfect sense. I thought it was uh, incredibly well done. I loved the reversals uh, that bookend. You know, at the end of this movie, the bookend, uh, the end of Infinity Wars, just good stuff. Uh, I love that. I love that he walks, and then you know, only comes back with the caveat that I get to keep all this. So much of that was just really just—it—it it was it, to me, it was it was pitch perfect. Um, but Cap, Cap, just my heart, my heart exploded. You know what I mean? I I love. Captain America, uh, probably more than any of the other MCU characters, I think he's done. They've done the best job with him. I think Evans. I think he is the most. He's got the most of the comic character in him, uh, and 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 is the one that I. When I close my eyes, I, that's how I would have represented him. That he gets his dance with Peggy is just great. Oh uh it, it, you know i was crying tears <laughs> of joy I, it was just the best thing uh that's uh, one of those wonderful things that haunted him you know and and again this notion of of uh families being uh torn apart repaired chased after uh this gen X latchkey idea that i have uh the fact that that he got a happy ending you know what i mean like uh, and it's the one he would have it's the one he would have wanted, man. He just wanted to come home and marry a, his his best girl and 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 live a life. And I ah, so good, so so good. Um, you know, it, it. I don't know that it. I don't know that it could have been. To me, that's actually what helps the movie. Uh, you know, it, you're upset because certain characters have died. You're upset because uh, certain things have changed. Uh, but. Seeing that Cat gets his his happy ending really uh, creates that sort of bittersweet moment, and that's what's so good about the Avengers is that it, uh, this last movie is that it's such a it's such an alchemical combination of of great emotions, and and that's you know quibbles notwithstanding, that's an, that's a hell of an accomplishment for a movie with a talking raccoon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the best character although he was sidelined um, um, so yeah I would agree with you about Natasha I thought for sure it was going to be Clint um, that bought it and but of course I also didn't realize that if you're one of the people who dies on Boromir, you can't be brought back. So I thought it was just going to be, yeah, Clint's going to die, but then they're just going to snap at the end and he'll be back. And so he'll still be with his family. So it was, that was a, that was a a nice surprise that there was consequence. And we're going to get a little bit into that before we wrap up. Um, but Ashley, what did you think about the arcs for, um, Natasha, Cap, and and Tony.
0: Oh, gosh. I mean, where do you even start? Like, I feel like Natasha, um, Steve, and Tony are really the top shelf here. Like, they're the beating heart and soul of this movie. Um, Natasha, I I really liked how her story played out. As sad as it was to see her go, I was not expecting that. I was worried for several characters. I was not worried about her again because of that spinoff movie they'd announced. So that was... Quite a gut punch. Um, Just seeing her like find peace and reiterate what the Avengers has meant to her and how they become a family was just so powerful. The only complaint I have is that I feel like her death was almost glossed over just a little bit because Tony got the big funeral at the end and that was beautiful and wonderful. But, I felt like there was almost a little bit of an absence. Like I wish, I don't even know how they would have done it or how it would have worked with the story, but I wish there was a little more reflection on her death.
1: Oh, I got it for you, Ashley. And I'm kind of surprised they didn't go this way because this is this is something that's in the comics, is a statue of the six of them together or something like yeah. that. Those, those original Avengers and have that as sort of like, in you know, in front of the Avengers headquarters or whatever, you know, just have that as a thing um and and they could have like panned around had you know something like that like something with natasha very prominent in it Uh, Uh, but
4: that that, that's too justice league
1: okay (laughs) and it's fine i mean they didn't have to go that way i'm just saying i was surprised they didn't give natasha something um you know uh at the end.
0: Exactly. That was my one little quibble with it. Um, in terms of cap, again, what a great ending to his journey. Um, seeing him catch Thor's hammer. Again, I'm not gonna try to say the name of it, but we'll we'll just stick with Thor's hammer. Mjolnir. Yes, that. <laughs> <be out. laughs> well, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, exactly. Now. Was just such an incredible moment. I mean, the whole theater just went crazy when that happened. Um, I loved how they teased that all the way back in Age of Ultron where he tries Mm -hmm. to pick up the hammer doesn't quite work at that moment but then he catches it and just what a great shot and he absolutely did prove himself worthy that was an amazing scene and i i loved seeing that and then also again like just seeing him get that dance with peggy was what a sweet ending after all the heaviness and loss just seeing that you know thinking about that um technically maybe going back in the past would open up a few time paradoxes and whatnot but it was such a beautiful ending that I can't even complain about it so I, I really like seeing that and then um, Tony Stark uh, Iron Man is my favorite Avenger character and what's kind of mm. um, sad and funny is that I wasn't actually worried about him because I convinced myself my own theory was that he was going to retire he was going to serve as a mentor you know he'd pop up in cameos in the Spider-Man movies and we would get to see him in a few more additional films just as a small cameo role and then so we when he died, it just kind of like hit me as a shock. I wasn't expecting to lose him. And, you know, of course, I am a little bit upset, so sad seeing my favorite Avenger go out. But really, again, I think I think it is a beautiful ending for him because we've seen him start this franchise as a guy who's kind of living for himself, mostly thinking about, you know, what's what does he want out of life? And then we have seen him involved now where he's willing to sacrifice literally everything to save the universe. And he's even willing to give up this life that he has with his daughter so that he can try to save other families. So I love that in the end, it got to be Tony that stopped Thanos. He doesn't have superpowers. Um, He doesn't have like the supernatural destiny like Thor does, but just because he cared about the Avengers, he cared about his family, he cared about saving the day so much that he was willing to make the sacrifice so just what a powerful ending again even though I'm sad I don't think I could have really asked for a more satisfying ending for my favorite character. So just, he's, he's left a great legacy. So I'm looking forward to going back and watching some of the previous Iron Man films, definitely going to be a little more a tear jerking experience than they used to be. But just, just what a great arc for this character. Definitely one of my all time favorite film characters. So really no, no complaints on that front. I thought he was, was the highlight of the movie for me for sure.
1: Mm. yeah you know it's funny I expected to see Peggy in this movie that was one of the ones I was waiting for I thought Cat might die and they're going to do like a, oh he's in the afterlife dancing with Peggy kind of shot yeah. of, you know, like some sort of hazy dance hall with the two of them you know kind of thing I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route <laughs> because I, I think that's a little too you know cliche um, but uh, I will say this though Ashley it's not going to mess with time because the way that they're establishing it and I get that it's, you know, lots of time travel movies do things differently, is that, so there's the timeline for the MCU movies, and then when you go back in time, you create, like, an alternate world. So basically, there's now a world where Cap, you know, never disappeared because another Cap from another world came back and was with Peggy in the 40s and, and lived their lives together. So, um... That might be the way they might go with some of this Disney Plus stuff. Is they might actually show us some parallel versions of characters rather than.
3: Well, yeah, they've already they've already announced the What If Show, and this is exactly how they're going to do it. Interesting. This is, how, this is what the Loki show is going to be about, I'm sure.
1: I was going to get to that later about how I'm suspecting that the Loki show is the Loki that got the Tesseract.
0: Yes, I was thinking that too.
1: In Avengers rather than than a prequel of our Loki. I mean, we'll see, but I, I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if it was showing us this alternate version where Loki got the Tesseract back? <laughs> you know, yes. after the battle for New York, I um, had that same yeah. thought. So, so we'll see. Because I, I that a lot better than what I was thinking it was going to be was the tales of young Loki pranking Thor. You know, <laughs> this is the part where he turned into a snake and bit him. You know, and I, I don't really, ca- you know, care about that movie. Um, but uh, Will, what, what do you think about um, Natasha, Steve, and Tony and their arcs in this movie?
2: Man, where do you start with those three? I mean, right. good. Great, they're the heavies i guess right i mean we'll start with natasha um i mean the if you trace her character arc i mean first off let me just say i adored the way they handled all three of them i mean there's Mm. there's i mean this movie as a whole i was on cloud nine the entire time i saw it um with natasha like this was like like she even said it in the movie you know when she started out You know, being the assassin, being the spy, you know, the Red Room training, all that. She was lost, you know, and starting with Clint, you know, he saved her, introduced her to a different world. He introduced her to the the only family that she ever knew, you know. Um, So that gave her something to live for and something to sacrifice herself for, you know, like she. And we even saw that after the time jump she couldn't move on because she had nothing else to move on to. You know, she, all she had was the Avengers, you know, and the superhero Mm -hmm. life, you know, that's, that was her purpose. That was, that was what she was. That was why she was there was to, was to, was to do good because that's what, that's what saved her from her existence, you know, of, of, of being just, I mean, bad for lack of a better word. And then so when the opportunity presented itself to to, uh, you know, to sacrifice herself for the greater good, it made total sense within the context of the character that they created in the MCU that she would take that leap, you know, literally and figuratively. Um, and it was it was beautiful, you know, I mean, because you saw the anguish, you know, at that that little conference she had after the time jump, you know, you saw the pain where she was just so frustrated that she couldn't do more you know like in that
1: what do we do about right, the earthquake nothing it's an
2: earthquake <laughs> it's underwater an earthquake. you know <laughs> right. uh, 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 how do we handle it we we handle it by just not handling it you know uh so she she just constantly she, she wanted to do more she couldn't move on because that's all, that that was the one good thing that she had that she had to hang on to you know and so you know the fact that she gave up she made the ultimate sacrifice for the one good thing that she ever had. It made total sense, you know. And it was it was sad, but you know, poignant and uh, and appreciated, you know. Um, Tony, I mean, oh, good lord, where do you start with Tony? Uh, like, I mean, <laughs> it, his his arc across eleven years was he went from a self absorbed narcissistic philanthropist playboy i mean i forgot how uh, exactly how would put it um but basically a selfish character Mm. into being a completely selfless character by the end of it you know and he was the one character after the time jump that got better you know because of the snap you know i mean he achieved family right no one close to him no one close to him bought it other than peter (laughs) I um, mean, but no one in his family, and, and in or fact, anything. In fact, he gained yeah. a family. You know, I mean, he got a daughter mm-hmm. out of it. You know, he retired. He was good. You know, uh, which made his his ultimate sacrifice that much more uh, more sad. You know, um, but the fact that he he lost. I mean, and I thought it was appropriate that he had a daughter, not a son, because that touched back on the whole father son relationship that he had or didn't have with Howard. You know, and the 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 father son relationship that he was establishing with Peter, you know, that was taken away from him. So, you know, that haunted him and 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 caused him to get back in the game. And the fact that he, you know, that's just who he is. You know, he he he's a tinkerer. He's a creator. He's an inventor. He's a fixer, and that's what he does. But he's he, he was never one like like Cap said. He's never one been one to make the big play. You know, um, mm-hmm. and the fact that he finally got mentally to that point. To where he was okay with giving of himself for everybody else, really speaks a lot. He speaks volumes about how far that character has grown, you know, yes. as uh, as yes. a person uh, over the course of eleven years, you know, and twenty-two movies, you know, and and we 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 tracked that <laughs> character probably more than than any of them because he's been in the most movies, you know, through his own movies, the Avengers movies, you know, Spider-Man. And to see that conclusion of that character was was fantastic. I mean, I'd love to let. I, I don't think we let this sink in enough. It's twenty-two movies. Right. Twenty-two yeah, he, he's been two in, movies. He's been in most of. He's <laughs> right. been in more than any other character. And the the little character beats were just so spot on. You know, it's like you're, it's like the every time he's been in a movie, it's might as well been by the exact same creative team. And I guess that's credit to Kevin Feige for steering the ship. But like, you know, like when he when he got reunited with Peter, all he could do was hug him. You know, that was yeah, so awesome. So
5: good. So so good. good.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, when he when, like when he looked at Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange, while he was holding back the water, kind of held up that one finger. And he's, you know, gave him that that gave him that clue. This is it. You know, this is this is when you have to do what you have to do, you know. Mm. And he pulled the side of hand with Thanos and he absorbed the, the, the stones into his own armor. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen because he saw that it almost killed the Hulk. You know, I mean, it, it took it took uh, it almost took Bruce's arm off, you know, uh, wielding gauntlet. Um, and he saw. Well, he I'm sure he heard about what it did to Thanos when he destroyed the stones. I mean, it, it gave him a limp. It You know, it charred one half of his of his face, and made his left uh, his right arm pretty much useless or left arm. Um, and he knew what was coming by doing that but he was okay going into it because he saved at that point uh, the entire earth you know if not you know the entire uh, the entire universe because Sando said he was going to create a new one that was more grateful than the one that that he was in
5: mm.
2: <laughs> and then you know the 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 final exchange with him and pepper i mean was just heartbreaking but yet appropriate i mean because and he, we didn't even get a full coherent word out of Tony in those last moments. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried to say, hey, Pepper, but he couldn't put it together. And then when Pepper said, look at me, he, he couldn't even put a, a word together because he was just so destroyed by what the stones did to him. But it was so beautiful because, you know, Pepper said exactly what Tony needed to hear. You yeah. know, you, you can stop trying to make us safe now mm-hmm. because we are. You know, you have done your job because Tony has been has been saying for how long peace in our time. You know, I, I want I want to end the fight. You know, that's why we formed the Avengers was to stop fighting, you know, and he got to that point And Pepper telling him that was just so beautiful because on his way out, he got that reassurance, you know, that mission accomplished, man. You did a great job. That's right. You can finally rest. We're going to be good, you know it was just so awesome i mean (laughs) tears of joy tears of happiness i mean uh, uh, just beautiful i mean just absolutely just so well written i don't know that they could have done him any better justice any better job of saying goodbye to that character um cap i mean i was never a huge huge fan of captain america in the comics Mm -hmm. um he's he's kind of (laughs) boring depending on the writer i mean mark wade did a real yeah no mark wade helped
1: because because yeah i mean even mark wade said this when he took over the book i remember reading an interview back in the 90s where he said you've got a 30 something guy who's been living in the present now for 10 years who will see someone in their 20s and call them son right you know he's like he just seems like he talks like your grandpa even
2: though you know he really shouldn't so right but but chris evans made me a fan of that character Mm. you know and what he brought to that role and the writing that he, you know, that he had to work with was just phenomenal. I mean, he he brought humility. He brought a likability, approachability to that character that I'd never experienced before in any of the comics that I've read, you know, with Cap in it. Um, and, you know, and once again, you trace the history of the character through the MCU. Cap is almost the opposite of Tony in that Cap was always selfless always sacrificing always being there for somebody else and he finally learned how to be uh, i mean i guess you can say a little selfish you know um you know he finally he he, he took he took 40 years of yeah time. i mean he got he he got to the point <laughs> where he decided to, to live for himself instead of living for uh everybody else which is uh, admirable you know um you know, because he realized what he had lost and he saw the opportunity to to take it back. You know, it's like a soldier coming home from war. You know, I mean, he had spent, you know, close to a decade in service of the country, the world, and then the universe, you know, let the man rest and have some peace, you know. Mm-hmm. And he finally got to that point. And it was, I mean, just, just freaking beautiful, you know. Uh, and, of course, the character moments in the movie. When he when when you saw that shot of of, uh, of meow meow get, getting picked up off the dirt, <laughs> I'm getting chills thinking about it. You know Thanos is about to is about to kill Thor and the hammer roars out of nowhere and then slings back into Captain America's hand. The crowd erupted. I erupted. Tears of joy. And then he starts kicking Thanos' (laughs) butt with it. Here comes this just rocket of an uppercut after he comes running in, slinging it like it's nobody's business. He sends down lightning through the air, through the ground. And I missed it the first time, but the second second viewing, I caught it. He slings the shield and then slings the hammer. It ricochets off the shield, comes back and nails Mm -hmm. Thanos. Man, I was giddy. I mean, I about wet myself watching (laughs) that fight. It was so awesome. Uh, And then, you know, uh, kind of an echo of of uh, of the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries, when he just stood tall one on one against Thanos. That shot before all the reinforcements showed up. You know, he's he's beaten, man. Like his his shield is broken, and you know he's he's. I mean, he's clearly in pain. He's he can barely stand up, but he is standing up, and he's facing down the entirety of Thanos's army which is just so appropriate to the character. Of course he would, because that's who Captain America is, you know, that's what he does, that is that is the core of his being. And, you know, then, you know, of course, here comes Sam and everybody else, and then we finally got the Avengers Assemble. Oh, and, I know, what a... Which... Oh, 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 oh my no. gosh! Oh, thank you so much! Like, I mean... The <laughs>
3: second movie, you know, and not cut away right before, but that
2: was the best thing. <laughs> I'm getting chills once again just thinking about it. it and then was, when they
3: run, it looked exactly like a George Perez cover, yeah, didn't it? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, I mean, quick tangent. I mean, like this—this this whole movie was like, like issues like ten or nine through twelve of like a Crisis on Infinite Earth. You know, <laughs> it might as well have been George Perez. No, no you can't mention that on yeah. the Marvel <laughs> podcast. Oh, excuse me, oh, excuse me. <laughs> of a twelve-issue maxi series from a competitor. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> nice. Uh But I mean, it was. It's it's like a it's like a yeah, secret war. I mean, George Perez might as well have been <laughs> illustrating those that last battle. I mean, it was glorious. But those characters... moments. Uh, well, let's, let's let's, were let's put a pin in the last battle. Let's put, yeah put yeah okay sorry sorry here for tangent. a because I do want to talk about that next. Caps caps the the way you sent him off was beautiful and they kind of telegraphed it a little bit foreshadowed it when they were back in 1970 he saw Peggy. You know, and reminded him what he had lost, and it was so beautiful because he couldn't, you know, say anything to her. And then in the end, you know, they had their life, you know, and and I liked that that exchange, with Sam, where Sam noticed the wedding ring and he said, "Hey, you want to tell me about that?" And he said, "No, no, no I, don't I don't think I do. I don't, I don't think I will." You know, and it was just so awesome. Not only the line, but the delivery was just so awesome. And you know, the fact that it ended on him and Peggy. You know, like we said, having that dance that he promised her at the end of, of the first Captain America. I mean, just glorious. Uh, once again, they couldn't have picked a better way to send that character mm. off. I loved every single minute of it. Love it. Now I need to go see it again. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. I'm on the way to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: head to the theater.
2: All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I loved it, man. Enjoy it well. We it. Uh, <laughs> all right,
1: Ryan, what about you? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Is there anything that
4: that you you want to add that (laughs) somebody hasn't said? Well, I mean, um, you're wrong about the time travel aspect, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, Just going real quick down the line of the the big three there, uh, uh, I do think Tony – I love that Tony got to, you know – have some resolution for his daddy issues, which have plagued him throughout the entire series um, of movies by having that moment with his dad, getting that hug and thanking him for his service to the country. Um, (laughs) You know, that, that was great. And, but ultimately Tony got to be the martyr that he's been wanting to be, you know, uh, almost since Iron Man three, if not earlier. So he, he kind of, he, his his last words. Now, granted, they were in response to Thanos saying he was inevitable. But Tony's last words were, "I am Iron mm-hmm. Man," and that brings it full circle back to the first movie. But that's that's him. That, that mm-hmm. those are those are like epic last words. That's what you go out on. And uh, Tony became legend pretty much if he wasn't already before. He was right there. Uh, I, I do kind of think that. Um, I think I don't I think it was Will who was saying that uh you know Dr that strange held up a finger uh to uh to say now is the time or whatever. I actually I interpreted that a slightly different way. I, maybe this is getting to the last battle so might want to save it for that. But uh I I had a different take on that scene. But um so I yeah I just thought he meant that now we're in one one the one possibility
1: that I mentioned.
4: See, I took it to mean okay If You you have to look at what happened right there, and that was that uh, Thanos and Marvel were going at it, and uh, Thanos was being overwhelmed by Marvel. So what he did is he pulled the Power Stone off the gauntlet and hit Marvel with it. At that moment, the power stone wasn't in the gauntlet, and that's when Strange said, wait, because if Tony had taken the gauntlet then, he would not have had all the stones. He would not have had the full gauntlet. He had to wait till Thanos put the power stone back into it. Otherwise, Thanos still would have had the power stone. It still would have overwhelmed everyone. <laughs> I love that. Three different people, three different viewpoints on what that finger meant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a great read, man. I, I can't deny it. It sounds yeah. good.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, we'll never know. Or, right? Yeah, I, I don't
1: feel <laughs> dogmatic about it. I thought what I got out of it was Tony had just asked him about Are we in that one possibility?" Yeah, and yeah. I thought that Tony, that Strange was now saying yes. Now with that, that with that just yeah. happening, now we're in the the
4: one, you know,
1: universe. Yeah, you know, yeah that, I, that I saw.
4: I kind of got it as earlier. Strange had said, "I can't tell you or it won't happen." And here he is, basically saying, "No, wait." You know, kind of telling him. Um, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, So I think Tony's story was emotional, but honestly, I didn't get really worked up about it because I knew it was coming. Because it was inevitable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, And it's not like – I I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. finally reached a point where no amount of money was going to bring him back because – Literally, they couldn't afford to pay him anymore to <laughs> make these movies. <laughs> the yeah. movie made one point two billion dollars, but
1: we spent one point one billion dollars yeah. on Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> exactly. So we still didn't make
4: that much money. <laughs> uh, so yeah, his story, his conclusion was rewarding, uh, a little sad, um, but uh, appropriate, I-, I guess you could say. It was a, uh, it was everything that uh, Tony Stark. He he died. The hero. Yeah, the true hero yeah. and the inspiration. Um, Caps was emotionally rewarding. Uh, maybe he was a little selfish. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> he earned it. Damn it. You right. know? Um, I, I do. I will always wonder how he got his shield repaired, but whatever. And. Um, and, and I will wonder... He, he,
3: he just came through time.
4: <laughs> well, he was in the 40s, so he just got Howard to whip him up another, another one. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe exactly. And that thought did occur to me when he went back in time. You know, when you're talking about wishing that there was both Howards there, that made me think, well, gee, maybe there was another Howard there. And, and you know, you could even take that so far. People complain, well, how could Cap have stood by with Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything? And I counter that with, how do we know that Cap wasn't there limiting hydro, stopping it from being as bad as it could have been. How do you know that cap? didn't groom nick fury you know
1: oh well those people are wrong because that's an alternate timeline so I uh, assume he did nip hydra and the blood bud in
4: that timeline but anyway not a, not, i know the russo say it's an alternate timeline but they're wrong uh,
1: oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i love you ryan that you can even disagree with the people making <laughs> the
4: movie by their own rules <laughs> it's the same timeline i mean it by by what they established the ancients said the only way or rather she said The only thing that was said that would create a divergent reality was the removal of a stone. No one said anything else about uh, anything uh, creating uh, an alternate timeline. Well, she
1: just meant that it would be so devastating because that that reality would be overrun with beings from other universes, from like the dark dimension and whatnot, and that that would then infect all timelines. So that's why removing the stones was such a big deal. But she didn't mean that like just anything, you know, that alternate timelines aren't
4: created by time travel. She, her... Her exact general, words were that the six stones working in a, well, not her, I'm paraphrasing, but the six stones working in accordance with the, each other maintained the timeline. So I take that to mean that they wrinkle out any imperfections. I mean, we, we're kind of thinking of the of to, the timeline. And, well,
1: well, but that so now in the universe where Thanos has gotten rid of the Infinity Stones, that means that time is now like you know gonna fall apart or something. Then if that's true, that, so I still don't. Oh,
4: because of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, I thought about that too because yeah. that kind of contradicts that that or maybe right but anyway I,
1: i'm gonna trust the russo so uh since they made the thing so yeah, yeah. I, I, I assume I'm that in that timeline where cap was there product. still in the 40s hydra never came to power and he made sure to clean house yeah but, well then how anyway. did he get
4: back to this timeline and why would he come back to this
1: timeline? well no they said that's a story yeah. yet to be told because
4: they were asked that in the interview yeah. so uh-huh. that's a cop out <laughs> they're just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> i don't buy that but uh, <laughs> nope sorry one timeline. um Jeez. Well,
1: well, we'll see if the Loki story is about the Loki that took the Tesseract. The only,
3: the only problem with that, Ryan. The only problem with that, Ryan, is that they went to a lot of trouble to say out loud that Back to the Future is bullshit. Yeah.
4: Right. Well,
3: and, and my point is that you know, in a in a screenplay, there is no wasted space. So, you exactly. know, the whole the whole point of spending that that uh, spending the 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 page and the, the screen time to talk about how it's really a quantum thing rather than a than a linear thing. Uh and in fact, you know, empirically we know that they're gonna probably be pulling stuff from other timelines anyways. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I wanna side well, with you, but I'm not gonna
4: Well but the pur- the purpose <laughs> of that the purpose of trashing all those time travel movies, there was they were saying as as Professor Hawk uh was explaining, was that your your future self can't change your past self. You can't have that back to the future moment where you're looking at a photo of your family and they start fading away because you cannot change your past, uh, is what they were saying. That that you can't go back and strangle baby Thanos um as roadie you know so eloquently suggested well except except we know that loki gets
1: the tesseract which he didn't do in regular timeline so they did change something so i i I disagree i i don't think that you're right on this one ryan but let's move move on on, because because if you're going to disagree with the (laughs) showrunners then i don't think there's any (laughs) way to like have a a fruitful conversation where you
4: might actually listen to evidence so there's no evidence (laughs) to i'm weighing the evidence the showrunner said said, so that is the evidence i can point you to an interview I read it too, but my point is: is they needed to establish that on screen then? Because oh, going by God. what was presented right. on screen, different story. Well, well, but what was presented on screen, as Mark pointed
1: out, agrees with what the Russo said. But it anyway, doesn't. continue. <laughs> with... <laughs> Anyways, the preponderance of evidence supports the conclusion, whereas you can only come to one piece of evidence to support your conclusion. I've got... so, anyway,
4: well, I would argue your interpretation of the evidence. Is flawed, but uh, you know, we're getting off track, you know. Uh, So, yeah, Cap's storyline was rewarding, and you know what? The dude he can do what he wants, he's Captain Freaking America. Um, I do think his arc throughout the whole thing he was saltier, his language was uh, a lot, um, a lot dirtier than uh, (laughs) what
1: I said. Don't remind me,
4: yeah. But, yeah, this, this was Dark Cap. This yeah. is Snyder cap Right. American, no, I, right? I get it.
1: I get it. This is, yeah. yeah this is Snyder yeah. Cap.
4: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, fine. Um, But getting to Natasha, I have – this is the one that bothers me because, again, the, the biggest surprise just like it seems like most everyone else. And in that way, probably the most emotional. When she's saying it's okay and let go, I, I, I was not ugly crying, but, you know, that's only because I – i might have had you know man tears um yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh in a way it kind of i mean it makes sense for her character as well because she was finally this truly wiped her ledger clean Mm -hmm. and uh she in that sense she got what she needed and, and she wanted as well um but i will say the argument for the soul stone is it's a soul for a soul and cap returned them to the moment that they were taken from so i wonder if that means that uh her soul was released and if maybe that is a way to resurrect her somehow
1: okay <laughs> could be
4: i mean well think about it. i mean
1: but that uh, it, it's the soul stone of another universe so it went back to that universe but...
4: no no how, <laughs> why, then why would it, if that's the case then if okay you by that well well, wait a minute wait a a minute so thanos died
1: though so how do you how do you explain that because it has to be an alternate timeline so there's a timeline now where thanos just disappears you know that can't be the past of the the prime universe that these movies are happening in so So don't fix
4: it i mean i can go into a whole Uh... argument about multiple linear timelines thinking it as a, a a thread of trillions of of intertwined threads as opposed to one singular one but um what were you talking about, Thanos? Uh, okay, so here's my so by your but by, by your argument, then the Ancient One would have had no reason to give Hulk the time stone because she just condemned her universe to uh, to that divergent darker reality. Because by your logic, the time stone would have been returned to a different universe. No. Yes. No, because he went back to the <laughs> same universe he took it from. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, all right. All right. So, but I think there's an argument to be made that that could bring that back. Okay. Um
1: I'm kind of surprised. You talked about everything you wanted to say, right? Yeah, more or less. I'm not cutting you off. Okay. Um so, I am shocked that with four people mentioning Captain America in his arc that nobody mentioned him handing over the shield to Sam. Um Ooh. to me that was Great, amazing, wonderful. It was what I wanted from Cap retiring. Uh, Everyone that I hear always says Bucky should be the next Captain America, and I am so glad they did not go that route. I I did think it was nice that Sam looked at Bucky to make sure that he was okay with it, because I thought that was nice that he sort of was like, you were Steve's friend, and I want to make sure that you're cool with this. But I think that having Sam Wilson be the next Captain America is such a great thing. I think it was great that they did that in the comics. I think that it says a lot about the changing face of America. And, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the next movies. I get that that's just, you know, kind of the end of the art kind of thing, but you guys have touched upon most of the things that I, was get, that I would mention about the characters. Um, you know, like I said, I, I was happy that they did not go the Cap dies and then he dances with Peggy in death, kind of route because that wouldn't have been anywhere near as satisfying um but i'm glad that he got to live to to do that handoff and they gave a reason for it he's too old now so yeah. you know well,
4: you know that that does remind me though they they established it also in that scene well one bucky knew he wasn't ready he he was still recovering he knew what cap was gonna do bucky was aware i mean he said i'm gonna miss you even though he's gonna be back in 10 seconds bucky knew cap wasn't coming back right no, that's a good point. That's a good point.
1: And and yeah. I knew too.
4: <laughs> as soon as they're like, "Oh, Caps, them is going to drop By off himself, I was
1: like, "Oh, yeah. he just yep. saw Peggy." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I know where this is going. He's going to uh, he's going to go back and be with her." So, um, yeah, so you know, that was that was great. Um, I am going to argue with Tony that um, the whole idea that he didn't become totally selfless until that moment isn't quite right, because he was ready to sacrifice himself in the first Avengers movie as well. What I do think, though, is that, like he said in Infinity War, Thanos has been in his head since the battle right. for New York. You know, the, the idea that he, that he has to stop this threat. And I think that that's the part that makes his ending fitting. You know, I was expecting Tony to, you know, everybody's been saying since getting, oh, Cap and Tony are going to die in this one. And, you know, or one or the other for sure. And, and we, we kind of got that way because Cap's, you know, effectively, you know, uh, not going to be able to participate in, you know, in any meaningful way in anything moving forward. But, um, you know, but uh, but but for Tony to finally lay that to rest, to protect everyone by sacrificing his life you know, that, that I think is the closure. His, he has been broken, you know, uh, since the battle for New York and, and by, by, by fixing himself, he must also die. And I, I liked that. I thought that that was a nice closure to the circle there. And also with the callback of I am Iron Man. Um, as soon as he said, I am, you know, it's like, oh he's going to say I am Iron Man. So I like that. Um, Natasha, um, I'm, I was surprised about, like we've all talked about. Um, I I do feel that it's probably going to be the Budapest story in um, her movie. Well, here's the thing. The reason I was surprised is because I thought that her standalone movie was going to be a sequel and not a prequel. But I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the case now. Um, but I think it is going to be a Budapest movie. I'm going to disagree that I... I prefer they don't because like a friend of mine put it way back when the first Avengers movie happened, she said there's going to be a desire for them to do a flashback or something that shows Budapest. It's never going to be as good as what you can imagine, you know, like from their references, it's better to leave that as something that you just, you know, kind of, you know, think about. And so I'm I'm... Kessel run, right? Yeah. Like the Kessel, Oh God, don't bring up salt bats from solo. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a disappointment. Um, but um yeah, so so but I mean I don't know, we'll see. I mean the fact that it's a prequel already like limits my interest in the Black Widow movie.
3: Whoa, 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 No one has said she. <laughs> I mean, we're assuming, but but it may not be well, a yeah, person, it might not. Know? It might be like Ryan nobody, says nobody... that somehow
1: she reconstitutes or whatever, but I think it's ninety nine percent certain.
3: I think, I think the reason why I want it is because all she said was he pulled me out of the life. We really don't know anything. And I, I would love to see S.H.I.E.L.D. at the height of its covert powers going against Russian super spies.
1: Well, no, what, what they say, because Budapest wasn't mentioned in that scene where she talks about him pulling out of the life. Budapest is when they're fighting the Chitauri and one of them says to the other, reminds you of Buda- It reminds me of Budapest. And so, whatever scenario they've got to concoct has to be something that the Chitauri fight would remind them of. And I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. That's the scene where they mention Budapest. It's when they're fighting the Chitauri. Yeah, but then she responds. Well, back. no, We no, remember we... Budapest very differently. Yes, exactly. But
3: yeah, when we go, when we when they go into space, that's when they say that.
1: Well, they mentioned Budapest twice. They, oh, right. In, yeah, yeah in they the the mentioned it again first in, and in and Endgame. And... Yes.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, it, my point is, uh, I, I want to see, I, I want to see her doing the the secret agent, super spy stuff that we only got glimpses of in Iron Man two, and Avengers, and Winter Soldier, and so, you know, uh, I had always imagined in my head that when they did the Black Widow solo movie, that she'd be riding around America on a motorcycle fighting people. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did this in my head. It was like, she's got a motorcycle and <laughs> she's going to f- try to find Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so the whole thing is going to be like a, a like a cross country chase. I don't know why I, I thought that, but, uh, as soon as I realized that, that, that this could be a team up movie with two of my favorite characters doing two of my favorite characters things, you know, I, I, I think that the spy genre is broad enough that, that they could come up with. Here's the, deal. I, I hear what your friend is saying. Uh, and star Wars movies, not that we didn't ask for, notwithstanding. <laughs> Mar- Marvel cinematic universe is 22 and Oh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, sure. they They've earned that trust from me. <laughs> So,
1: anyway. Okay. No, fair enough. No, and fair enough. I'm just saying, me personally, I'm not a big fan of prequels. Um, and and you know, I'm I'm kind of blah on it, you know. Anyway, but um, but uh, yeah. So so yeah. I mean, well, yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I, have they confirmed that Hawkeye's in it? Because I you keep mentioning your two of your favorite characters, but I don't I don't know that I saw that. Hawkeye. No, I'm just
3: no, I'm just saying it's just you know for speculating, oh, sure. you know. No one said
1: anything. Well, if it's Budapest, he's got Right, be there. right, exactly. If he's if it's Budapest, but we'll see. Um, you know what they do with that. Um, now, um, oh, I guess there is one other thing I want to cover before we get to the final battle. So, I was really surprised because I, you know, they said the no resurrections line in Infinity War, and I thought that only applied to Loki. Right, I didn't think that applied to anyone. I figured Vision's going to come back in, you know, uh, Endgame. You know, everybody is going to come back in Endgame other than Loki, you know. And, you know, they kind of stuck to their guns in that, you know, Vision stayed dead. He did not come back. And the Gamora of this timeline, which, you know, Ryan's going to disagree with me, but... (laughs) <laughs> that's another issue with his your theory that's all one timeline, but you no, know no, it's not. <laughs> the Gamora uh, this timeline, uh, you know, did not come back, and we get basically a Gamora from a few years ago. So, um, what do you think of that way of handling Gamora? Do you think that that's a cop out since you know they're keeping other characters dead? Do you think that that's a good way of doing it? I mean, what what did you think about
4: that? So, um, well, let's start with you, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, I mean, not arguing the temporal logistics of it. We'll, we'll set that aside. Uh, I, we don't know that she's still there. Maybe she dusted. Maybe she didn't. Uh, the closest we know is that Quill was searching for yeah, her. Yeah, but you, you know. Case. I mean, I yeah. mean, put your put your brain on. You know, well, I mean, you, yeah, you, to I mean, on. Of Gal- you know that they're going to have her in Guardians right. Three, right? Yeah, it's you Guardians know, Gal- Three: just... The Search for Gamora. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, you know. But uh, <laughs> so, and frankly. I, I'm fine with it, and the reason I'm fine with it is because maybe it is a little bit of a, a cop out. But you know, mm. just like we said, they've, they've done twenty-two movies. Uh, they, they've they've earned this, and the very fact that they, it, I'm fine with it as so long as they don't bring Natasha back. As so long as they don't bring Vision back. I mean, if they mm. all if they find clever ways to bring them all back, then yeah, it's just a complete cop out. But if this is the only one, if everyone else stays dead, then then it's it's clever, and I'm good with it. Okay. Yep. Um, actually... Ash-
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, that's pretty much the same way that I feel. Um, I I kind of like that they didn't completely undo the thing with the Soul Stone because again, I think that one of my fears with Infinity War was that when they unsnapped, like all the deaths would just be undone and then that would kind of rob the whole story of its emotional weight. So I think this is a good way to do it that that whole sacrifice that the Soul Stone still happened that stands, but maybe there's this other Gamora out there somewhere and you know, as much as I was sad to see some of these characters go, I think that it would kind of gut the dramatic impact of the film if they, oh, poof, Natasha's back and Vision's back and Tony's back. So I think they need to leave to let those deaths stand. But it makes sense that they want to bring Gamora back for the next Guardians movie. And then it can be part of the story, too, that this is not the exact same Gamora. And so they get to go on a little bit of a different character journey with her.
1: Will, what do you think about uh, how they handled the deaths of the characters?
2: Yeah, I totally agree with everything they just said. Um, You know, now it's kind of like, you know, now the MCU is kind of like, you know, those characters like the Uncle Ben from the comics, you know, only Gamora, Vision, (laughs) and Natasha stay dead.
1: Um you, you know, I've I've told you this before, I'm sure, but you know, we used to say Uncle Ben, Norman Osborn, and Bucky. Right. But two of those characters have come back, so
2: you know, <laughs> only Uncle Ben. <laughs> you you never
1: know. <laughs> right. Or Ben Parker, my boy. I, I expect Uncle Ben to come
2: back in the comics someday too. But anyway. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> their deaths serve the story, and to bring them back right. would would I think would lessen the story. Um And with Gamora. I mean, it kind of brings it back to the status quo of the first movie. You know, the 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 chase between her, you know, Quill going after her. You know, the the romantic tension. You know, the that was a fun part of the first movie. And you know, it, like like was said, it's a different Gamora. You know, this is you know she hasn't gone through the character growth that uh, that the Gamora that we knew had. So, you know, it's it's uh, you know a little risky. Are they going back to to previously tread ground? Sure, maybe, but. You know, once again, like like was previously said. I mean, they're twenty two and O man. You know, in in Kevin Feige, we trust. You um, just tell me a good story, man. I'm all on board. I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm really hoping in Guardians three that like Quill doesn't just like convince her to be his girlfriend by the end of the movie. <laughs> but, uh, Mark, what do you think about how they handled the deaths uh, in this movie and and what they did with Gamora?
3: What we've seen in two and a half Guardians of the Galaxy movies is that for Chris Pratt, Peter Quill is at his best when he's having to work at something. And I like that they moved the romance forward from the end of the into Infinity War
5: mm-hmm.
3: uh, because that raises the stakes on both of them. And, and And the scenes with both of them where they have to do the things that they do uh, make those moments more poignant because we know their relationship, especially building off of the, we're the family that we chose for ourselves rather than, you know, the family that we're stuck with. Uh, hmm. that, that theme runs m- more strongly through Gamora and Nebula than maybe any other character. So I, So having gotten to that point, and knowing that we're going to get a third Guardians movie, uh, and and that Guardians movie moves forward uh, with uh, a modified crew, I love that they've reset the relationship with Gamora in a way that is not cheesy or weird. You know, um, he still has feelings for her. She never developed them. So we get back to the moonlighting relationship, <laughs> which I think... Uh, works best for them, you know. With him trying to convince her, and her screaming, "I don't know what Cheers is," you know. Uh, that's, so I think that I think it's perfect. Frankly, I I got to tell you, um, I, I I know that everybody's had a quibble in one area or another, and I'm I am really uncritical of of this stuff because uh, I I think. That we cannot uh, understate or fail to notice that they have done something that no one has ever done in the history of motion pictures, and may not ever do again. Uh, they they have changed narratively how we watch stories. They've changed, and and the ripples of this are going to be felt for years to come. The next Star Wars movies. Are going to have this structure when they come out. You know, Other franchises going forward are going to change to this format or they're going to die. Uh, they've, 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 they've altered the game in the way that Star Wars altered in 77, in the way that Jurassic Park altered it in, in 1990, in the way that The Matrix altered things in, in 99. Uh, and, and instead of a technical advance, which there were, uh certainly, but they i would call them refinements this was a this was a storytelling uh advance a narrative shift the likes of which we've never seen they basically made two hour uh episodic uh movies that stretched across uh a dozen character franchises that's insane we we really can't under uh emphasize uh or we, we can't overstate the, 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 the impact of that, frankly.
1: The revolution is still coming, Mark, because now that Disney's got Disney Plus coming, we're going to have TV shows that are well... In, you know, Marvel already had TV shows, but they weren't very well integrated. Now we're going to have integrated TV shows and movies. So even between those three movies a year, you're going to have stories that add to the structure. So I, I think that... that we're gonna see that sort of become something that that moves forward to other companies as well. But Disney, of course, is the best poised to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, they'll they'll lead the charge.
3: So I didn't have a problem with with the way they did Gamora. I think that's gonna be fun going forward. It's gonna give Quill something to work for, uh, and and he needs a hobby, or <laughs> or he you know he backslides. As for the other depths, I really. You know, I'm I'm cool with all of them. And and uh, I feel like one of the nice things about the cinematic universe is that you get to rewrite some of those rules. And so far, you know, the only villain we've seen come back is the Red Skull. And we've seen him, and, and that's with massive caveats, right? You know, I mean, the way he died is the reason why he's still around. But we haven't brought any of the other characters back. There's no need to do Whoa, that. Lookie. Well, well yeah, but,
1: died in quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he never actually he's a master of illusion. Yeah, he, he just he, looked he, like he, he died. He's
3: a trickster god. So that's a sort of a different thing. But we don't have to have that's a that's a uh, a convention of comic uh, storytelling and superhero storytelling that we don't need to bring forward. You know? Yeah. Uh no, I, and I, I would agreed. much rather these guys go out on w- with in the movies that they're in, rather than hang around for one more film and and, and bring their average down. That, so so if you know if if they figure out a way to do like Scarlet Witch backstory movies, I'm all for that. I love the character. I I have uh, she has won me over. I, I'm not a big Scarlet Johansson fan. I've always found her to be kind of flat, but uh, they really wrote for her. And allowed her to um, develop that character in, in such a uh, such an interesting way. You know, uh, she's she's crucial in the Avengers movie, and she has a gun, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> I, I love that when they do the pan around. You know, she's got a gun, and Hawkeye's got a bow. What, what's she doing with Thor and, and Cap and, and and the Hulk? Oh yeah, she's got she's got brains that they don't have. So, they've done a great job of of giving those characters specific arcs, and y- you know, uh, if we've seen anything, it's that the modern audience will accept a finite uh, story if it's done well and told well, uh, and it, and especially for open ended projects. If there's a beginning and a middle and an end, you raise the narrative stakes. You get to you get to do more to the characters because it means more. And it doesn't preclude you from doing other stories. You know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, no sleep till Dr. Druid. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yes, you said that before. Dr. Druid
3: and the Son of Satan. Uh, that's my team-up movie that I want to see.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know you know, he's coming to uh, Hulu. Dr. Dr. Druid's um, coming to Hulu? No, no, Hellstorm.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want. They,
1: they just announced it today. They're going to do a Hulu TV series with him. I want, within, I
3: want so. 70s uh, flared uh, bell bottom uh, uh, pants, uh, Son of Satan. Uh, Damien Hellstorm is, is Marvel. Uh,
1: well, hey, if they decide to reboot the Netflix shows and pretend they never happened, which I don't want them to do, I want 70s Luke Cage. <laughs>
2: An iron fist. <laughs> I mean, give me the speedball show. That's all I want. Uh, so,
3: so, so, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with what they did. Uh, I'm, uh, I think what, I think the what if show is going to explore some of this stuff in uh, in a, in a mm. meaningful way. But I don't think that we're going to have, uh, I don't think we're going to have the problem that, that comics have which is these people finding a way to bring these characters back. They've got so much more that they can draw from. And not just new versions of existing characters like, like Sam in the Captain America role or uh, you know, um, Hawkeye's daughter becoming Hawkeye or, or Morgan growing up and getting the Iron Man armor. All those things are possible. But there's a host of characters that they haven't even touched yet. And as everybody keeps saying, they got the X-Men back. Well, as far as I'm concerned, screw that. <laughs> they got the Fantastic Four back, so <laughs> lots lots to do before we get uh, before we run dry in the old Marvel uh House of Ideas.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, for me, I am really happy with the Gamora recent like I said, I was surprised they stuck to their guns. I thought for sure just because, you know, to go for the mega happy ending and also again this is why it was bad that we heard about all those disney plus shows because i assume the vision and scarlet witch thing would be a sequel also and that's looking like it's going to be another prequel series um or alternate universe which is another possibility um but uh but yeah i'm happy with the gamora thing because i've wanted the most dangerous woman in the galaxy version of gamora and we've never really had that in Guardians and this reset gives them the potential to do that so I'm hoping she never gets with Quill in this version she can be in the movie but I'm hoping we get a much more dangerous and a much more you know um, assertive version of Gamora than what we've had in the movies so um, here's hoping you want her to pick the tree this time? (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah no I mean we'll see because I mean You know, I I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I can hope, you know, I I figure it'll probably be a happy ending kind of thing in Guardians 3 where she comes around to Peter and, and, you know, they go off. But I'm hoping they don't do that. But it's just I, I expect they'll go for the mass appeal rather than for interesting. I don't know. You know,
3: I'm I'm currently shipping Drax and Mantis. So, you know, (laughs) uh, other people get a happy ending, man. Sure. Doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be Chris Pratt, you know? No.
1: So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the final battle now, because that is perhaps the biggest battle ever in cinema history. I don't know if there's a good way of defining that, but it's probably the most epic and, like, grand battle that I've ever seen in a movie. Um, So, uh, I know we started in on a little bit with you, Will, so why don't you, if there was more you wanted to say about that battle and things that happened, and it just, just like, how wowed
2: were you by the final battle? (laughs) Man, I was on cloud nine watching this battle. Like, yeah. just, uh, you know, the way it started, you know, Hulk snaps his ha- snaps the fingers. You get the phone call from Clint's wife. Everything's cool. And then here comes the missiles and then just, you know, all chaos erupts. But it's just a. it was a great escalation to the point to where it's just mass chaos, you know. And like you, mm-hmm. you got the idea that everything was fixed. And so I'm thinking, okay, where's the heroes at? Where's all the characters? But they successfully made me forget about them for a while because I was so caught up in everything else. You know, you had, Mm-mm. you know, you had, um, you know, Rhodey and and uh, Rocket and Hulk trying to get out from the flood. You had Clint on the run from the Outriders with the gauntlet. And then, you know, you had the big three taking on Thanos. You know, Thor, you know, getting the manicure and or the uh, the, the new hairstyle from dual wielding you know mjolnir and uh and stormbreaker which was fantastic when when it braided his i beard, mean it braided his beard I just laughed so hard i mean that's fantastic <laughs> couldn't take away his gut but that's whole, you know whatever uh <laughs> but yeah i mean whatever who cares but you know so then it escalated and escalated and escalated to the point to where man when when all the portals from all the sorcerers opened up and everybody came through i mean tears of joy man and you know being a comic fan you know these characters are coming back i mean it's it's a given but the way they handled it was just so well done and you know they had everybody in there you know all the wakandan forces the ravagers from guardians of the galaxy all the sorcerers um and this i mean just the battle itself was just amazing um that's one of those where once i get it on disc i'm going to frame advance it to catch everything you know i like the uh, the relay race with did, the gauntlet did you, do you know the most important cameo they had in that battle what was that? How, How
1: would that the duck? change the tide? <laughs> right. <laughs> he was on screen for like a fraction of a second but there are screenshots <laughs> circulating right now with towered the duck with the
2: big gun. Oh, <laughs> he was right. in the battle. Come hole. on with it. Uh, but I like the uh, the relay race with the uh, with the gauntlet, you know, uh, mm. you know they talked Oh yeah, it that, that, everybody.
3: that hot potato thing was great.
2: That was awesome. Um, you know, I've heard a little bit of, of backlash from the uh, from the of the women brigade, but I didn't mind it at all i thought it was i thought it was well done i like well it. well the only thing about it was carol didn't need
1: that and so it was kind of like it's kind of silly it felt kind of after school special,ly you know to just sort of throw that in there It's like it should have been another that had it that needed that you know because otherwise it just felt like gratuitous yeah
2: but. i mean whatever i mean you know at that point you know with everything that we that i've witnessed i'm not going to nitpick that you know like I'm okay with everything else, but I'm gonna have an issue with that. Not really. I mean, you know, it was fine. Um, but I, you know, I liked Carol. You know, just just utterly destroying Thanos' ship was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything about it, man, was great. You know, then you got the the will he or won't he get the gauntlet back with Thanos and the desperation to to keep him from putting it on and snapping and and the way that all played out, like the one on one with. Captain Marvel and Thanos, where he headbutted her and she completely no-sold it, you know, and how he had to get one gym lose the Power Stone, and, you know, just completely KO her with it. Um, yeah, man, I loved it. I mean, it was just pure cinematic glory, you know. Uh, once again, George Perez, could, yeah. maybe could have done a better job, but no one else, you know. I um, No,
3: I, I really glorious. think, ever since the first Avengers movie, they've been leaning really heavy on the way he frames action in panels. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, it's uh, not, not to take anything away from anybody else who's done the characters, including Jack Kirby. But those 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 frozen in time moments where everybody is kind of at their at the peak of their motion, you know, uh, moving forward in their own way, do you know, about to do their own thing. That's the kind of stuff that Perez did all the time. And, right and, and,
1: and huge volume of characters too. Yeah, yeah
3: right. and, and also the sheer number. Absolutely, yeah. That, those are both like really, uh, those are perfect, uh, uh, Perezian moments. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal your your
2: thunder. Go, keep going. No, no, you're good. I mean, it, yeah, like I said, no one could no one could do better than Perez at drawing that many characters on panel at one time. You know, uh, I mean, look mm-hmm. at like I'm reminded of the the cover he did for the the crisis trade paperback when it came out i mean just just a complete work of art you know yeah um but yeah i mean just it was it was it's, it's utterly satisfying in every possible way i mean it could not have been any better loved every single minute of it i want more <laughs> well, you're going to get more. Well, at least three movies a year. Well no, next year's just I mean, two years. But then three movies a year for, you know, the next five years. I mean, after like that, I mean the sure. what they've accomplished is is unprecedented and I don't I don't know that it will ever be topped, you know. Uh it was it's a cinematic achievement that I, it's it's I I didn't think they could pull it off, you know. Starting 10 years ago. It was amazing. <laughs> Will, just wait until they do Secret Wars 2 and have the Beyonder come to her. <laughs> as long as he's got his Jerry Curl, I'm totally good with it. <laughs> and his and his Michael Jackson jacket. I'm good with it. <laughs> Ashley, what did you think about the final battle?
0: Gosh, like, the final battle was absolutely crazy. And I mean that in a good sense. Like, just the sheer volume of characters and stuff going on. Um, you know, think back. If... You had gone back in time to 2008 when I just watched the first Iron Man movie, and then showed me a clip from this movie. I I don't know that I could even fathom that this is where we would go to. Um, right. As mm-hmm. yeah, like as a pure epic epic spectacle, this is amazing. But I think what really makes it land is that the fact that we've come to care about these characters. Like it's not just CGI punching and you know magic happening. Like we care about these characters. Each one of them, we've gotten to know them. They matter to us. Us. so that just gives everything a layer of emotional impact that keeps it from being just like an explosion of cgi stuff going on screen Absolutely. there's um, there's so many great moments it was great to hear you know sam say on your left and to see all the characters <laughs> come back and then <laughs> cap realizes that oh my gosh like all this pain all this hard work all this fighting i've done it's worth it they've all come back and like they're just all taking the stand from against Thanos and um, they're not going to stand for this big purple bully. So it was great to see them all coming together and really like what a payoff, even if the MC never reaches this level again. I think that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful that we got to watch this and experience this and, you know, we may not see something like this on film again, but like what a cool thing to have experienced and building up over 22 films. What a perfect payoff.
1: Yeah. Um. What about you, Ryan? <laughs>
4: um, <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> wow! And it's fine if you have nothing further to add. You can just say, "I have yeah. nothing to say." <laughs>
4: <laughs> Has that ever happened? No, no, ever? it hasn't.
1: But I'm just telling you. No pressure.
4: <laughs> no, that that final battle. That wasn't just the end of Infinity War. That I mean, the end of Endgame. It wasn't even the end of the. <laughs> The two movies in Infinity War and Andy and Endgame. It was the end of eleven years and twenty-two movies. Like mm-hmm. we've said, I, it it the it was the payoff that we've been waiting for, and it delivered. And just about every single way I mean we've talked about you know the the individual moments we've talked about that scene where cap is you know got a broken shield and he's wounded and he's the last man standing and he knows he's gonna lose but he stands because that's what he does and that that was probably the most emotional moment for me in the entire movie, that's the one where I was really fighting back those man tears um, when when he hears that call and the portals do start opening and the music does pick up and you see the look on Thanos' face as he realizes <laughs> this is going to be a fight and capitalizes this is going to be a fight <laughs> you know? and it's just it was everything. It, it, yes, it was uh, Avengers Assemble. It was it was it was the last. You know, eleven years of my life. I think how my age when this these movies first started, where I was in my life, living in a different state. You know, uh, with different friends, and 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 uh, my cell phone was probably crap, and my internet might have been DSL. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different world, and uh, it's just wow. Um, I, if you, I can nitpick it, I, I can. There are a couple of things I think they could have done better. Uh, um, I, I think I would have loved to have seen uh, to had a moment would wouldn't even need any dialogue but one moment where either um, Tony has to save Bucky's life or Bucky saves Tony's life mm-hmm. uh, just. And you know they share a look, and you know nothing has to be said. I would have loved a moment like that.
1: I actually expected Rocket because they was right next to Bucky to ask for the arm again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that could still happen. Who knows? Um, right. You know, and and yeah, there were a couple of uh, we we got uh, H- Howard the Duck, which the real MVP of, of the of the series. But uh, I would have liked to have seen um, Sif or uh, John C. Riley sure. or um. Colson, you know um, that would have that would have warmed me quite a bit. Um, well, well, but Colson, Colson was dead. Oh, you well, mean like maybe in, in the time, the time, time travel? For sure, yeah. And granted, yeah. we don't know how Agents of Shield is going to go, but if if it, they continue where they left off, he's been four years dead, you know, on Tahiti. Um, right. You know, spoiler. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it, they could have done something there. It just would have been a nice something. That that said, uh. It was an otherwise perfect uh, a moment that it was CGI full, but I was able to follow all of it. I mean, you know, it, it was dark because there was so much, you know, ash in the sky. It turned day to night for a little while, but I could still s- see the action and make out the characters. I'm not going to compare it to another franchise because we've done that enough. But it was it showed how to do it right, um, and it, it, it and 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 because we had Natasha die, because we had established that death was real when the missiles first strike and ant-man is blown backwards and i'm thinking to myself wait have they said there's going to be an ant-man and the wasp 3 yet they haven't and i thought oh my god just killed scott and i i, I believed people were going to die <laughs> you know and dying and so it it was powerful uh in every way um the only other tangent I'm going to make, because it occurred to me while I was listening to everyone else, was that if they wanted to do something with Captain Marvel, they could have. I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Didn't she? Her powers originally come from the, the Tesseract, right? So I could have seen her being. That might be why she was able to stay in toe to toe with Thanos so well, because you know the more power from the he used against her, the more it powered her up to to match him. So I don't know, but that's just something to kick around. But um. As you know, as far as the last battle goes, uh, I can't wait for the DVD or Blu-ray release with another the you know, Lord of the Rings version with another hour, uh, just so, <laughs> so I can sit into it. Yeah. Sure, uh,
1: Mark, uh, thoughts on that final battle? I,
3: I, I, you know, I, I'm going to say this gently and respectfully because uh, we're doing a podcast where we have to talk about you know likes and dislikes, but given the size and the scope of what they accomplished, I think your nitpicks respectfully are all invalid (laughs) because (laughs) it it, it exponentially got (laughs) more right than wrong. And I, I can't even bring myself to consider alternatives of of what, you know, of how they could have done something different or better or, or whatever. Um, I, it was so funny because um, the Avengers movies, more than any of these other Marvel movies, I tend to frame in my head like comic books. Uh, and, and and maybe it's because, mm-hmm. you know, back in 2008 when Nick Fury shows up at the end of Iron Man, and, and I was just happy that it was a Marvel movie that didn't suck. Uh, I was... Uh, I was like, oh, cool. It looks like they may actually try to pull this off. And we were all cautiously optimistic, but we really didn't know. So, you know, flash forward to the Avengers movie, and there's these specific scenes that just have a very drawn, like, like they look like they're straight out of the comics. Uh, this was dead on 11 because I actually could almost hear, like, the narration in my head from caption boxes. Right, like like Jim Starlin style, you know. Separately, they wouldn't have had a chance. Any one of these groups would have fallen under the combined power of the Mad Titan and his his entourage. But this is not one group; it's every group, and it's a group that's been known to do the impossible, you know. And I could just hear this going in my as they're all stepping through the 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 portals and. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I it was it was the kind of thing that um, uh, that I just never thought I'd get in, to see uh, actualized in such a in such a way. So I, uh, you know, as a guy that hmm. has been reading comics for all of his life and has put way more time and energy thinking about this, you know, comic books superheroes, movies, and having these things sort of collide together. Uh, and, and they are greater than the sum of their parts. You know, um, these, as a whole, it elevates the weaker movies and it makes the, the standout movies even more uh, meaningful. So, you know, I, I really, I, I think they stuck the dismount in, in every way. There were so many fan moments uh, that I just uh, loved, you know, um, Valkyrie riding uh, the Pegasus, right? She comes in, you know, in classic uh, mode. Uh, Cat getting the hammer, and having and having Thor go. I knew it, <laughs> you know. Oh my God, there's just so many of those uh, little things where um, <laughs> uh, these these are these are things that would be great scenes in comics, you know, and and to have them all kind of fall, fold into this movie. Uh, where it's just like cool thing mm-hmm. upon cool thing upon cool thing and 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 even still they have time in all this stuff to you know have captain Marvel introduce herself to spider-man and it's one of the it's one of my favorite things in the movie man uh you know she you know who are you Peter Parker hi Peter Parker do you have something for me it's just perfect you know I there's no reason for her to know who he is and there's no reason for it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, but no, I but I love the I, I love that little interplay. You know, uh, I thought that was really really cool, and I think maybe going forward, uh, I would like it. Uh, I th- and I and I think that it would be a good idea if Spider-Man got to rotate into that spackle role that Iron Man occupied. I think Ironman I think Spider-Man could start to be the character that sort of holds some of these movies together because uh, he's one of the most versatile characters. He's one of the most flexible characters and he and he pairs well with everything. You know, he's the Merlot of Marvel superheroes. He goes well with anything, you know?
1: Yeah. But uh, Mark, I will just bring up this one caveat. Sony still owns Spider-Man, even though they're loaning him to the MCU now. And there's a lot of speculation that with Venom doing well, Sony's thinks that they don't need the MCU anymore and might pull him after Far From Home. So I'm just going to throw that in there. Uh, Obviously, things can go whatever way they go, but we might not have Spider-Man anymore.
3: Here's what I know. Sony's had Spider-Man this whole time, and they've had more failures than successes. And they've made more money with Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than without mm. and so uh while i don't like to engage in this kind of speculation because these are corporations and they are blind idiot gods flailing uselessly about the universe they do <laughs> right. they do That's also respond point. to money and there's too much money mm. that would be left on the table if they tried to if they said okay we got it from here
5: mm-hmm. because
3: mm-hmm. if if they partner with the marvel cinematic universe they get the marvel cinematic universe it's, a, it's really a no-brainer, and I and I don't know – I've already decided that every comic website uh, currently on the internet uh, can suck it. They blow and they suck, and honestly, they do because I, the only thing they're good for is passing along the press releases, and I can get those anyways. Every other thing that they put out is abject speculation, stupid clickbait, the dumbest, the dumbest of the dumb stories. Uh, non starters, G and D uh, M uh, reportage that goes nowhere and does nothing. Uh, sure. Screw those guys. Universally screw them. Uh, they, they don't know, and they're never going to know. I hope. I hope they all die in a, in a chemical. I'm
1: life. just saying it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm sorry, I derailed you. Yes,
3: and I'm, yes, and I, I absolutely could get the power of Green Lantern. I could become <laughs> the Green Lantern of Sector 2817. It can happen. Okay. It could
4: absolutely happen. I mean, in in Mark's defense, uh, to agree with him, Sony has to look at it as, yeah, they're giving up Spider-Man for Marvel movies, but in return they've gotten Robert Downey Jr. They're getting Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe in this third Spider Man they'll get you know uh, Brie Larson or someone else. I mean, so yeah, it's it's a uh, it's going to come down to math for them. They, and they, I think
3: yeah, they also get they also get money without having to produce a movie.
4: Right, but the thing the you know, thing the, mean, see we're all looking at it
1: as intelligent people who are also <laughs> fans, but you also have to look at the fact that these companies don't like the other company to make money either and so part of it is hey we have access to this toy and we don't want you to have it because you're making money off of spider-man too so that's part of the calculus that we don't know where that cost benefit you know trickle you know you know crosses over there so i'm not saying that you're wrong and it's very possible tom holland could make seven more movies in the mcu he's certainly young enough i'm just saying that we don't know you know where how they view that and how they view hey maybe we don't need in any the mcu anymore because we've gotten enough now and we think we've got this thing figured out and then we don't want disney to get even more powerful so anyway i don't want to derail this and i'm sorry that i did <laughs> venom
3: I, I liked all of it And Venom was
1: not good. I agree
3: with you on that one, Mark,
1: but most of the people do not apparently because it made a lot of money and a lot of people liked it. Um, But uh, yeah, so – the final battle. Um, I was really surprised when Thanos dies very early in the movie. And I was like, "What in the world? What? Where are we going with this now?" And it kind of derailed me for a lot of the movie. But then, you know, when Nebula starts saying, "Oh, well, wait a minute, Thanos is alive in this time too," it started, you know, forming together in my head. Ah, this is where we're going. And
4: oh, and you got the armor.
1: Yes, yes, yes. We got the armor. The better look. <laughs> Thanos in a tank top wasn't, uh, really the best, but, um, yes, yes, that's correct. I, I didn't even think about that though, Ryan. It's kind of funny, but yeah, now you're reminding me of, of last year. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, visually that was the most epic battle scene that I've ever seen. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of epic battles in movies, you know, in the last 15 years, you know, return of the King, you know, onward, You know, we've gotten a lot of these big battle-type things, and there was way more going on and a lot more action in this one than ever. You know, I actually think I prefer Infinity War a little more, and part of that might just be my own psychology, Even though that one wasn't as epic, I had more tension there because I didn't know how that one was going to end. Whereas this one, I knew it had to end the way it ended because it was, as people have mentioned, inevitable. So I felt like the emotion for me wasn't as high in this one as it was in Infinity War, where I was still wondering, wait, they've changed a lot of stuff. Are they going to change other things too? And, you know, I was still wondering through it. And so I had a more emotional investment in it. But it's certainly, it's the most visually stunning Battle that I've ever seen there were some great moments, especially with Thanos. His children didn't really get any kind of personality in this one um, But there wasn't room for it and you know the, the the Thor cap and Iron Man taking on Thanos and everything with cap with Thor's hammer and all of that was wonderful as well everybody's mentioned um, The last thing that I kind of want to talk about well other than going forward The last thing that I kind of want to mention, (laughs) and I'm sure this is going to be another one of those things where, this is probably an unpopular opinion, I was kind of bothered by the way that they addressed Infinity War, in that I feel like bringing everybody back now, five years later, doesn't really solve the problem, because of the number of collateral deaths that would have happened immediately after the snap, and... I'm still kind of boggled on why they chose that path rather than doing the snap from ever happening. Um, because, you know, that was the way to really fix that. And so I watched them bringing everybody back, and I'm like, well, what about all the loved ones that people lost because their pilots, you know, disintegrated, and their plane went down, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Did you Were you guys thinking about yeah. that when the movie was on? Because that kind of bothered me, oh,
4: yeah. you know, <laughs> with the way that they did it. I mean, I don't know if I was thinking about it while the movie was on, but it occurred to me shortly thereafter, and the exact same scenario, well, you know, the, there's still thousands of deaths that were unresolved. And I even went to the pilot, just like you did. Um, but it, it happened so that Tony could keep his daughter. That's literally why it happened. Um, it's kind of like a deal with the devil there. He was the only one that could uh, make the timing and his deal, and that's what he required. And he and uh, Capture cans on it. Yeah. No.
1: No, no. I, I understand. And I understand how everything in the movie flowed from that yeah. premise. I just, I thought the drama was going to be Tony realizing he had to give up that future that he had made for himself to save everyone, and the fact that they didn't even address that in dialogue or anything kind of, like, made me feel a little off about
4: how, how they, you know, yeah. resolved Well, that. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to have reverberations throughout, like, the next season of Agents of Shield. Is that gonna take place in like this dystopia? Uh, I, I don't know how this is gonna affect things, but there's gonna have to be consequences. Far from home, Spider Man shows up in his back in school and it's pretty much the exact same class. Did did Ned Dust as well and come back. I, I don't know. It, it's going to be well. Ned must have
1: because he doesn't look five years older. Well, the thing that I find crazy is that apparently MJ and Flash also get so it's like everybody in Peter's life dust it, so they can all still be the same age and far from home.
3: Here's the deal. There's a, there's a really good chance that that the, the next few Marvel projects will in fact deal with the. The, the stories of how these people come back and, and what happens, uh, that clearly wasn't the story to be told right then. Um, and so I'm hoping that we get two and a half minutes of explanation for Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, hopefully in one or more of the series, and certainly in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they need to probably talk about what went down and how it got unscrewed. Um, but if they don't, I'm not gonna have a problem with it because in the end they're all imaginary stories, and I want more Ned and Peter on spring break trips. I would. Uh, I say pick. I say pick right back up with it. It's not gonna hurt my feelings at all. Um, I was surprised that they jumped forward in time five years. Maybe maybe when he, maybe when they snapped. Yeah. No. They went, the snap actually took everything back to right, right, you know, right, right after, you know what I mean? Like this, this freedom came back, who knows, who knows what they're going to say? Who knows how they're going to fix it? Who knows if they will, but I, you know, I don't, if the, I would rather they not explain it at all and just keep going with the movies, than, then give me an explanation and try to make it fit somebody else's notion of like continuity. I think that's going to be the killer, continuity. Well... it's
1: not an issue of continuity it's an issue of whether that ending really like meaning better and that was kind of why I was left with kind of a you know a bad feeling leaving the movie was that because now there's going to be wars and stuff too like you know presidents of, of countries are going to come back they're like hey this new guy's in power you know I, I was in power when the snap happened and now there's going to be a civil war in that country and you know in other worlds and stuff like that so I mean it's going to be chaos because of the way that they did it and if they don't address that in some way it'll feel false at least to me that you know there's now going to be a very you know it's going to be difficult uh now with people dealing with the ramifications of the you know spouses come back and find out their spouse remarried and and all the issues of that, that will you know cause and stuff like that so you know there's 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 this wasn't a solution hmm. in my mind um
3: okay I, I i disagree with that because i don't think that's the story that they were trying to tell nor the I don't, I don't think that's germane to the Marvel cinematic universe, but, but, you know, I mean, I I think what you're talking about is a, is a much more realistic and a much more serious and sober, you know, exploration of what happens when you, when you play around with theoretical physics and time travel, you know, and and I honestly, I think that I don't think that the Marvel movies are equipped to handle that story that you want to want to see.
1: Well, no, I'm just saying that, that they could have solved it all by having it be that, the you know, the snap just never happened. And so that's why I feel like they went with something that was a more mass appeal and that, oh, Tony gets the daughter gets to survive, but but doesn't solve the core issue um, that that. You know that they're gonna have to deal. You know that that would happen with bringing well, all these people. I, back, I think right? they
4: can address it and still main stay true to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the same thing they did with the, you know, the Sokovia Accords, and I mean, obviously to a much grander scale. But yeah, I, I think this is something that can be a back or, or Hydra infiltrating Shield a background, but it's something that they can certainly address, especially with Disney Plus and Hulu and having more time.
1: Well, no, I mean, it might be something that Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2... And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. all addresses the fact that, you know, he comes back to Wakanda and, you know, there's, there's trouble in neighboring countries because of, you know, people being brought back. You know, Captain Marvel could find problems in space because of this. You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could deal with it. So, no, I mean, I get it that they could go that route. I'm just saying it isn't the mega happy ending that they that they pass it off as in the movie. It's um,
4: happier than half the universe being gone.
1: Right. No, that's true.
4: <laughs> it is better than nothing. <laughs> uh, will
1: or ashley did either of you uh think about that while you were in the movie okay
0: i didn't but i i am now and like <laughs>
1: <laughs> i couldn't
2: not think about it that was my problem well did you did you think about that no it didn't really occur to me um you know like like mark was saying that's that's not the story that they wanted to tell in my opinion um yeah it's you know, it's it's just something if they wanna go into it, they've got a lot of other different ways to go into it in detail. Um, you know, and I'm I'm if they want to they will but if they don't it's not a deal breaker for me
1: all right so where do they go from here and that's kind of open-ended but we got tv projects we got movie projects you know ryan mentioned agents of shield because yeah i thought for sure that the reason that they you know none of the tv projects were addressing the snap was that they were going that you know once you know because I, I assumed the snap was going to be undone such that it never happened is that the tv shows were just waiting for end game and then they would just skip over it but now we know that there's a five-year period where half the people were dead. So does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then take place in that five-year period and they just say, well, wait, none of our agents got dusted? Or is it after Endgame? Do they skip forward five years? You know, so, um, so, so um, I guess, Ashley, um, let's start. With you. What do you see happening in the MCU going forward or what will you want to see? going forward
0: you know I don't really know and that's kind of maybe part of the exciting thing like we've 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 gotten used to where this story is going we knew it was going to culminate in infinity war game so I think it's kind of intriguing that now there's there's some big question marks I mean I'm looking forward to spider-man far from home I'm i am also really looking forward to Guardians 3 and seeing that but beyond that um, as someone who's not really familiar with the comics I'm excited to get to meet new characters for them to maybe draw in new people Um, I'm really curious to see like financially going forward I mean just it's mind blowing how much money in game has made at the box office my gut feeling is that We'll, we may never get to this peak again, but then again, I don't know, did anybody, even back when we watched Avengers, could we have predicted that in-game would perform to this level? So I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities. Um, I was already going to sign up for Disney+, Plus due to the Star Wars content. They hooked me there. So, um, of course, I'm excited about the... MCU content as well to see um, how that will integrate with the universe. So yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities. I don't know that I have a clear read on what the road is going forward, but I hope they'll kind of take advantage of some of the goodwill they've built and just get to introduce us to some new characters and I'm um, also looking forward to some of the sequels. Uh, Doctor Strange is one of my favorite MCU movies so I'm super excited mm-hmm. to see the sequel. I hope there's lots of crazy trippy stuff going on in there. And especially now that we've started to delve into the quantum realm. So I think that there's a lot of cool stuff that we can do. And you know what, even if we don't ever see a box office result, um, quite as big as in game, I think that's okay. It's okay to have some smaller movies, some more character focused stuff. So hopefully there's lots of good stuff to come.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because they're, they're refusing to announce the movies until after Far From Home. So there, there isn't a lot concrete to go on. There's the rumors of what's coming next, but we don't really know for sure. And some of those could just be rumors. Um, yeah. No. So, um, Ryan, um, thoughts about the future of the MCU? Uh, either things that uh, you want to happen or just where you think they're going based
4: on what you've seen? Well, um, this is, I mean, phase four is going to clearly be like a rebuilding phase, right? Um, New characters are coming, uh, new Avengers are coming. Um, I think the MCU has gotten so big now and so uh, expansive, same idea, that they they can cover it. They can have these movies and these TV shows that do delve into the psychological damage caused by the snap, but also have your You know John Hughes' *Far From Home* uh, uh, type uh, movies as as well. We can we can have our *Guardians of the Galaxy* and and have uh, *Ghost Rider* on Hulu now. It's it's they can cover it. It's kind of like how in um, uh, uh, *Spider-Man*. You know, we, we, they still acknowledged the, the Civil War. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, they made a joke about it. Oh, Captain America's a war criminal now, you know? I mean, so, yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised if there's just a throwaway line or two in Spider-Man about um, the snap. I don't know. We'll see. But I think they can do it. And I think they can do it in such a way that it's going to... You're not Look, you're never going to make all the people happy all the time. But what Marvel has managed to is find that sweet spot where they can make most of the people happy and still stick to the spirit of their product. And that's what we're gonna get going forward phase four. I agree. It's not gonna be we're not gonna see something anywhere of the caliber of endgame until probably phase five or phase six, uh, until they get another big baddie, until we get Doom. Or someone that can, you know, rival Thanos mm. for uh, just legendary status. I, I, I'm expecting Galactus to come soon. Galactus, I, would, I wouldn't
3: say no to King the
4: Conqueror. Yeah, yeah. Also, another possibility. Yeah.
1: No. I I just hope they do Doom right when they do Doom because we've, we've seen Doom done wrong multiple times now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, <You're laughs> I just, and, and I've said, I, I want Doom in the first FF movie. Don't do that. The same mistake that everyone else has done yeah. set up the FF separately. But what you can do is debut Doom in somebody else's movie, like have him be the villain in a black Panther movie or something and introduce Doom separately and then have a fantastic four, two or three where Doom comes out Richards and is, is ready to get his
4: revenge. Or just do a Doom movie. That ends with the setup for the Fantastic Four. But it's just, it shows Doom's fall, you know, his brilliance, his attempt to save mother the, the the problem is every time it's a villain only
1: movie they 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 fall into this trap of like trying to like redeem the villain and make them too likable and and i want doom i don't want well, them to do that to doom so if they can do it right i'd be fine with it but i'm too worried about that i, I would rather they didn't again i'm going to give marvel the chance to try they haven't tried anything like that i'll bet they could pull it off nope, nope fair
2: enough um will uh thoughts about the mcu moving forward i have no idea where they're going and i love every minute of that um <laughs> like i mean if you believe the rumors you know it, it's it's looking very likely we're going to get of course black panther 2 i mean it's pretty much confirmed ryan coogler's coming back mm. uh, black widow movie eternals you know shane chi guardians 3 um I look forward to getting new characters that we haven't seen on screen yet. I look forward to returning characters. I look forward to the, the introduction of the the Fox previously owned Fox characters. You know, over time, um, you know, in my opinion, Marvel has done no wrong yet. So, you know, even though we've seen, you know, characters, you know, in like 20th Century Fox characters that haven't been done correctly, mm-hmm. you know, I have complete and total faith that that the MCU will do them just when they get them. Um, so man, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm, I'm there every step of the way. Come on with it. All right. And Mark, I know you don't usually engage in speculation,
1: but is there anything you'd even like to see that you would like to just put out there for the MCU?
3: Yeah. The only thing that I'd really like and, uh, I'd like them to do is I'd like to, I'd like them to find a home for the existing Netflix series. Mm Um, you yes. know uh, we're we're you you and I are big fans of those, and uh, think that those uh, uh, have done those those did a really good job of like uh, uh, keeping me sated, you know between you know the six months of you know the last movie and the beginning of the new year's trilogy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see those uh, poured over in some capacity. Uh, I'm I'm really uh, interested in um, what they're going to do with Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and I I'd be thinking small screen about this. Uh, but but you know it's I, you know it, uh, it's just that the speculation part of the films is like you know w- w- there are certain things that we we quote unquote know because they quote unquote talked about it, but you know we really don't know anything, and so I I, I don't even want to. I don't want to use my brain thinking about what would be cool because the last time I did that, I was really disappointed uh, with uh, episode one of course, you know, Mm. when, when,
5: when
3: the, when the prequels were not what was in my head is when I started thinking, you know what, maybe I just need to stop thinking about what's in my head. You know, I I don't have, (laughs) I don't, you know, I I say this all the time with regards to Disney and Marvel. Once again, I'm not insulted. You know, and, uh, and until mm-hmm. that really starts to happen, uh, I, I I don't like to mentally spin my wheels. But um, I would really like to see um, see them build a home for this because uh, we're going to get a third season of Runaways. I really like Cloak and Dagger. I can't believe mm-hmm. how weird Cloak and Dagger is, It's it, not quite not quite Legion <laughs> weird, but. For a for a show that's aimed at angsty teenagers, it gets, it gets its goth on, man. Mm-hmm. There's some nutball stuff in there, so I'd like to see. I, I don't want to see that. Uh, side I don't want to see those sidelined in favor of the all new Disney things. Because honestly, I'm I'm not excited about Disney Plus. I don't. You know, I right. hear what they've announced, and I go, well, I hate to say this, but you know, I, I, Disney's track record. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm not a fan. and I never have been, and I don't think I ever will be.
1: Well, Feige is in charge of the Marvel projects for Disney Plus, so and,
3: and yeah. here's hoping, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, they've already said they're not going to do R-rated superhero movies. So uh, two of the better things that have come out from Fox in the last four years uh are getting shelved. I mean, I don't know that we needed another Wolverine movie after the last one. But uh you know that 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 notion that we're not going to we don't do our rated movies. Well, does that mean M A T V because that's Daredevil, and that's Jessica Jones. So so these are my concerns, you know, uh and uh, I just hope that uh there's a place for them in, with our new mouse-eared overlords
1: yeah i hear everybody saying that the netflix shows are r rated level but i don't see anything in those that wouldn't be in a couldn't be in a pg-13 movie i still think the netflix shows are more pg-13 than anything um
3: there's f-bombs
1: and nudity there's not really f-bomb maybe there's like one per show um
3: right but what i'm saying is
1: there's no nudity in the netflix show since when
4: <laughs> jessica jones uh uh look- there-
1: I don't recall there's, ever there's, a scene they, of nudity. They
4: show that they have showed a couple of butts. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah get it's butt and that. side
3: boobs. It's butts yeah. and side boobs. It's it's absolutely. Um. It, how about this? Hard PG thirteen, soft R. Okay. okay. Can we agree on that? Sure. All right. Thanks.
1: <laughs> Parental <laughs> advisory. <laughs> you know.
3: taking son of a. I mean, really. Good Lord. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um no, because that's one of those things. Every time somebody says the Netflix shows are R, I'm like, no, I don't know. I've seen PG-13 movies that have everything the Netflix shows have, but anyway. Um uh, yeah, so as far as I'm concerned with the future of the MCU, I, you know, I was really because a lot of the, the things that people said about Endgame, whether it was the stars or whatever, they mentioned that it introduces the multiverse and the idea of parallel universes and things like that. You know, it was way more understated than I expected it to be in the movie, but I thought that that was going to be there. I think he's talked before about how difficult it is to orchestrate this carefully, like... You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, organized set of movies that all eat into each other. and I thought for sure that their end game, haha, was to be to get rid of the it's all connected by saying like, we can have movies that are all in different universes. And that way what happens in this movie doesn't necessarily have to be in this movie, etc. Which is where I thought Eternals was going to be. Like, yeah, Eternals and possibly the X-Men stuff, when they bring that in, they can set those on their own earths and not have them impact this sort of Avengers continuity that they've already done. Since they didn't really make it as as state you know, as 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 outright stated in in endgame as I thought they would. Now I'm questioning that. But I still think that it would be okay if they wanted to say that these things don't have to be all connected anymore, other than saying that they're all part of the multiverse, you know. And and maybe that is where they're going. I, I mean, maybe that is where some of the Disney Plus shows are going. Who knows? But um, but as far as like what they're going to do, I don't even know what Agents of Shield, which is coming back like next week, is going to be doing because now that they've completely changed what I thought was going to happen in Endgame, it's it's all up for grabs now. So. Um, I'm just interested to see where they're gonna go yeah and um, you know we'll we'll see what happens from here but yeah the one thing that I thought I knew for sure which was that the snap would get undone such that it never happened didn't happen so um, we'll we'll see what happens um but yeah we've been I was trying to avoid three hours, but we've been talking for more than three hours. (laughs) Um, So I think it's time to uh, wrap things up.
3: I think you mean snap
1: things up. (laughs) Too
3: late for that, isn't
1: it? Yeah, Yeah, we'll snap and get rid of half the pocket. No. And so uh, I, I did promise that if there is something you really wanted to talk about, you can talk about it. So as you say your goodbye, if there is either a character or a situation or something in the movie that you really want to talk about that we just couldn't get to because of time, then feel free to, uh, to bring that up. So um, Mark, let's let you have the first word.
3: You guys can find my essays and my reviews of Marvel stuff on my uh, blog, Mark the Aging Hipster uh which uh, should pop up uh, when you google it. I can be googled I uh, don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I just uh, only wanted to mention this uh, and 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 those of you who are DC fans, please take this as the shot across the ballot that it was intended. It's nice to know that when the stakes are multi-universal, the ancient one uh, still managed to get a promise that, once they took the stones uh, to keep the other divergent timelines, which are just as re- as legitimate as as the one that they're trying to save, to keep them from spiraling into chaos and entropy, uh, they had to go and replace the stones and basically unscrew what they screwed up uh, because of the of the countless uh, billions upon trillions of lives that would be affected by these. Uh, Rash decisions and 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 that was not even a deal breaker of course we'll do it Uh, Once again stuff that zach snyder would have never considered in a million years (laughs) (laughs) Your move dc
1: All right the gauntlet's been thrown down um Will, why don't you say goodbye, let people know where they can find you, and uh, if you have any final thoughts on uh, Avengers, uh, give that
2: here. Good night, internet. You can find me on Facebook uh, and periodic episodes of the 42 cast, although I'm not on social media as much as I could be because it kind of annoys me, but, uh, you know, too much political stuff, but that's all another story, Uh, but final thoughts, anything I haven't brought up yet? I'd like to find the one person that their first MCU movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh complete complete sidebar. I, I don't <laughs> there's a guy at my work that's seen like maybe five MCU movies. It drives right. me nuts because I'm like, How can you watch the Avengers movies without watching everything I it just yeah,
2: it makes my head explode. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> right. Well, because because my sister is, I mean, she's not really a fan of, of superhero movies. She hasn't seen any of them. Um, so, I mean, and, you know, whatever. You know, that's not her thing. No big deal. But, and I was, you know, like I told her when I was telling her about how good this movie was, you know, this can't really be your first MCU movie. But, but you know, of course, I, I can't really give an honest opinion what it would be like if this was. So I'm curious if there is someone out there that this is their first time seeing an MCU movie. Can you pick it up and enjoy it, you know, anywhere near the level of someone that's you know steeped in the lore uh, like we all are? And you know, can they enjoy it as much? So beyond that, uh, this will be seen by everybody. It's amazing all right thanks well yeah the uh the,
1: it reminds me what you're saying of that film critic who reviewed infinity war that said like it was just awful because you couldn't just pick up infinity war and enjoy it you had to watch all the other marvel movies first so um you know it's that's kind of an interesting uh thing to consider there somebody watching
2: endgame without anything before it yeah like who's who's the girlfriend that gets drugged to it you know and they're like oh i don't know what this is so let me go check this out with with my with my boyfriend you know and And then they're like, what's going on here? I don't know what's happening.
4: I mean, I can actually address that because i was going to mention this on on my sign off but during my first viewing the guy next to me it was his first marvel movie or at least he he said it was i mean he was a little drunk um (laughs) but his friend he'd cut him and his three of his friends and they'd all come to see it and i think he just got dragged along and so i asked how he liked it he said it was pretty badass and it made him want to go back and watch the others and he asked me how many there were and (laughs) then i said yeah well this is number 22 he said Really, <laughs> you know, and I don't know if he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You should have told 15 million
1: yeah, you know. something 65.
4: Yeah. You know, so and you're only
1: think, watching one. I
4: think yeah, you have to be <laughs> immersed in it to truly get everything. But I don't. I think you can clear the newcomer and get enough out of it uh, to make you want to go back. And well, it's like okay, last weekend, the weekend it came out, um, Endgame was the very first movie. Second movie was Captain Marvel. You know, because people were yeah. going back and watching Captain Marvel, it's going to bring everyone back in. After Avengers, I, I looked it up. After Avengers came out, uh, DVD sales of Thor and Captain America skyrocketed, because it, the people were going back and checking out those. So this is it's going to be great for Disney, but. It's, it's just going to be, there are, I'd say maybe like 1% of the people had never seen it before, but I suspect uh, that they're hooked now.
1: No, that's good to know because I've wondered that before too. And it's kind of like some people say that like, oh, how can you get into comics when they have so much history behind them? But when I got into comics in the 90s, they already had 30 plus years of history for me to delve into. It didn't bother me. So I, it might depend on the person. You just have to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and if there was anything
4: else you wanted to bring up, bring it up. Well, I'll say what I want to say, then I'll say goodbye. So aha. Uh-huh. Um you, you know, this is a, this is a cultural phenomenon, this this movie. There are people who were children who are now drinking adults who are watching this movie. That when when we were in the mall, uh went to our theater Every person there had a T-shirt, regardless uh, a Marvel T-shirt of some sort, or a jacket, or or some sort of, uh, some sort of cultural identifying um, outerwear. My uh, wife's wearing her Captain Marvel jersey. I had on a Hydra T-shirt because that's how I roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I had a Spider-Man shirt. There on. you go, exactly. And so we none none of us said anything to each other, but we all knew, and we had this in common, and it brought us together. And uh, oh, my I, wife and I coordinate. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like just the. No, I know. (laughs) No, but yeah, I, I, I. You know, we're walking through the food court, and there's a group of four. You know, teenage girls who. You know, and any other time, I'd have nothing to do with, and they have nothing to do with me. But they had on Secret Wars t-shirts and whatever, and like in this moment, we were all one, and uh, so I think that that reaches a level that. Again, maybe Star Wars is the closest we've ever come to with something like that. Um, The movie, when I if I could go back in time to my twelve or thirteen year old self, who's sitting around with his friends, you know, talking about, oh, we'd cast James Earl Jones as Apocalypse, or you know, um, Richard As Magneto, which we made an (laughs) argument for back in the day, Um, and I would tell them, hey, you guys, you're gonna get. (laughs) <laughs> Thanos, you're gonna get 22 movies, you're gonna get something better than anything you can imagine. They would call me a liar. <laughs> you know? I, I it, this is dreams mm-hmm. come true, and this movie, yeah, I nickpick it because that's what I do, because that's, that's what nerds do. We do it because we love it, but uh, I'm gonna see it in the theater at least two more times, and uh, and it is, it is a thing. So, um, you know, Cap is better in 10 seconds with his, with Thor's hammer than Thor was in, tw- you know, 20 movies. And that's, that's what this movie was. And the last, it was better, even though it had been built on over movies, it was the best of them all. Um, that's really all I have to say about that. And the fact that the rat is the real hero, uh, in this movie, um, the rat that crawled over Scott's, um device and brought him back if that rat had turned left or there'd been a slice of pizza movie never would have happened you know so that he's the real mvp him and howard the duck (laughs) so other than that internet find me where you will i won't say goodbye to you you can check out geekstranger.com i'm paying three to four dollars a month for it so you know do it uh do it do it i'll I'll, you know what i will have a non-contest where nothing will happen and you'll get nothing for checking out my website so uh, do that. Um, no Yeah, no prize. You know. Otherwise, uh, you know, no I, like I said, I really think come June, mid June or so, uh, my life is going to change to the extent where I can have more of a social media presence and uh, maybe get back into the website and everything. So I think going into the summer or the end of the summer, that'll be a great thing, and I look forward to it. I look forward to rejoining geekdom on the internet. All right. And so, Ashley, uh,
1: say if there's anything else with Avengers you wanted to bring up and uh, then give your sign out to let people know where they can find you.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Um, Just a couple miscellaneous thoughts. Um, One disappointment that I did have with the movie as a big uh, cat person is that there was no Goose the cat in this movie. (laughs) I was I was a little bit sad. It's about been that. like twenty-five years. I, I, Goose I know. is probably I, was, dead. I was a little bit sad, but in <laughs> in my head canon, Goose the cat is still out there doing okay. something. He'll he'll appear again. But um,
4: See, I-, I thought you were going to say Cat Dennings. And now I want her, you know.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy, where's Darcy? <laughs> yeah, well, go- Goose the cat is what I was referring to, but yeah, she's probably still out there too. So, but um. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, Darcy and Goose team oh, up movie. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney
0: Plus series right there.
1: Disney Plus series, yeah, that's probably more appropriate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On a more serious note, um, a character that I liked was, a Nebula, kind of seeing her get more of a story arc and kind of come to the forefront, looking forward to seeing her in Guardians. And then um, I just adore Paul Rudd, so it was great to see him as Ant-Man and get to play a role in this. Um, But yeah, just what a special a uh, cultural event to be a part of something that i love about this movie is that it brings in hardcore geeks like us but also the general public too like i love the fact that i have had superhero conversations with people who probably wouldn't consider themselves geeks but They love these movies, they love these characters, so it's been great just to see so many new fans come into the fandom, and um, hopefully that just continues. And um, as for where you can find me, um, I blog and podcast for the Earth Station One Network at esonetwork.com. And I also blog for uh, the Story Geeks podcast at thestorygeeks.org. So lots of Avengers content um, kind of post in. That's, That's where you can find me.
1: All right, and yeah, as far as things that we didn't talk about yet, for me, um, I am shocked that Cassie was not dusted. I thought for sure that was going to be like a big motivational thing for Scott, and it was kind of nice that he returned home and she was there, Um, and and so he had that. Um, The other thing um, that uh, that I really loved, (laughs) that's just sort of a little side thing, is that when Cap comes up with his way of getting Hank pin of the lab, which is just hey we're in shipping and there's a glowing green box, and that Hank actually <laughs> thought he knew what that was, and the fact that that it was worked? a common enough occurrence that he could be like what they they had they didn't open it did they? And he's running out the hall. I just I just laughed and laughed so hard. I loved that scene. It's so minor, but it was just great. And and again, sometimes those fun scenes are are really great. And and and, you know i I like those you know like little nods to just you know some of the stuff they deal with really is like out of this world and really off the wall and stuff like that well that's it for my thoughts ryan ashley will mark thank you so much for being on the podcast today of course (laughs) thank you
2: yep thank you sir
1: So that's a wrap on our Avengers Endgame episode. We hope that you liked it, and you can let us know in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another is to go to our website at 42cast.com. Another is to tweet to us at, at 42cast. Another is to go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. I also want to make sure everyone is aware of the ESO Patreon. It is a way to support all of the shows on the ESO network. It has exclusive content. It has various tiers that give you access to different things. So you can go check that out and that's at patreon.com slash ESO network. I don't have a lot more to talk about here on the end. One thing that I would say is that since we're finally catching up on the genre movies that we've been reviewing that I would like it if you would send me some feedback on what movies you'd like us to review in the future. I do want to do comic book movies... We're doing a thing like we did with Snowpiercer way back in episode 10, where we're reviewing the comics that sort of inform the choices of the movie for comic book movies, and discussing the differences between the comics and the movie. But I also just want to know general movies that people want us to review, like we've been doing with the Star Wars movies. And so please just send the feedback to any of the places that I mentioned before. Let us know what movies you'd like us to look into, because coming up we've got Dark Phoenix, we've got... Spider-Man Far From Home and we've got The Rise of Skywalker and then that's it as far as movies that were released recently that we have reviews for and so then we're going to have to go into the backline unless all the COVID stuff is gone by then which would be nice but I somehow don't think we're going to be seeing Black Widow or Wonder Woman 2 or any of those anytime soon so yeah send me that feedback let me know what you're interested in and we'll see about the order of things there are movies that I definitely want us to do soon but I also want to leave things kind of open ended because there are a lot of movies that I wouldn't mind watching and then reviewing and discussing on the show. So yeah, I'd love it if you guys would help me make some decisions there. But with all that being said, we've come to the end of the episode. Please come back next week when Giancarlo Esposito will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.